0: Three, two, one, play. That I bet you wish you were watching. Sure. Right,
1: Brandon? Way more entertaining than us.
0: <laughs> what the hell voice is that? That's That's, my, that's, 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 that's the deep tater. It's, 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 it's,
2: it's the deep tater.
1: It's the Darth T- Darth Tater voice. <laughs> Darth,
2: Darth Tater Mega Show.
0: Mega Show, baby. <laughs> Make a bro. <laughs> oh my goodness, we this song is. Host. <laughs> oh yeah. Did you know my voice don't look like my face? That's what you. That's what
1: Instagram tells me. <laughs> my, my, my voice matches my fat face.
2: Make <laughs> a show. Make a show.
0: Welcome oh, to the movies Oh, we gotta go. Go. Hello. Hello, everybody. How are you? You like the new theme song? Ah, it's gonna be pretty, pretty interesting times. Uh, joining in today on the Mega Show, hey, Sketchcraft Mega Show. Brandon Mega Potato James. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hey, Taters is back. Also joining in. Been a while. Senior Andy Bond. Andy, say hello. Heyo. Andy, friend of the show. Always talking about games and stuff. Um, got Andy on to talk about. Guess what happened this past week, folks? Uh, Spyro was finally released to all you people out there. And uh, and so now all my backers know why I don't do stuff, right? Because I've been working on the Spyro game the past year. And I thought I'd have Andy on because, Andy, you actually got to play it, right?
3: I did. And I platinumed it within like three days. Jesus. At least the first
0: one. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> wow. I'm very jealous. Like I'm like maybe I'll get to play it after I get done making Thanksgiving dinner. Still hasn't happened. So <laughs> it's the uh, interesting thing when you when you make games you don't have as many hours to play them. Um, Brandon, let's go into really quickly. Brandon. So I am just going to quickly jump right into Spiral and then we'll talk about other stuff. Uh, I want to get right out the way. It's a big part of my life. So. Uh, About a little bit, about a year ago or so, yeah, uh, I got an invite to come do some concept art on a game called Spyro, the Reignited Trilogy, over at Toys for Bob, and I remember telling Brandon, um, I'm going to be late with some stuff, (laughs) (laughs) like... You remember, Brandon? remember when I called you up and I was like, hey. Well, well, first off, when you called me and
1: said you were late, I wasn't sure if I was the father or not. Mm. If I was having a little baby spud. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: but yeah, I remember you called me up and you said like, hey, you want to hear some wild stuff? And I was just like, all right, what could it be now in your craziness of a uh, art life? And you're like, I'm going to be working on some video game stuff. And I was like, holy shit, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I remember that. I also remember going, ah, how do I tell all my backers that <laughs> things aren't going to yeah. get done anytime soon? Like, <laughs> And will they believe me? You know, like, because at right. the time I couldn't tell anybody, like the game wasn't announced. Um, although I am interested, Andy, when was the first time you finally heard about the game coming out? Like,
3: I think it was, I think it was on IGN, and I think that there was some uh, rumors going around because they had done the, at least Activision has done the uh, the Crash Trilogy. So a lot of people were kind of expecting Spyro um, and they just weren't putting the original games up on the PlayStation Store for some reason
2: hmm.
3: or even on their you know, uh, PlayStation Now service. So people were kind of curious on that and they were kind of linking it to that and then there were some rumors that a company was working on the Spyro uh, remasters. So that's the first time I heard about it and then you know, the official announcement.
0: Yeah. I remember something leaking somewhere around April or something. Um, all I know is it, it happened and I immediately sat back at work and I was like, ah, I'm not going to mention it. You know, (laughs) I'm not going to be the first (laughs) one to go, Hey, you know, they, they got, they got it under wraps. You know, these, these companies, they, they know when things are, are out there. Um, but but it was interesting seeing the information sort of like, I mean, I've, i worked on licensed t-shirts now for since 2005 or six, somewhere around there. So like in, in these, in these packages, you're generally developing things a year out from release, uh, like in merchandise. And in those merchandising style guides, a lot of times there's concept art or production art or Whatever, uh, for spoilers, like characters that people don't know. I remember like when Age of Ultron, uh, we were working on Age of Ultron shirts, like we had Vision art, you know, and it was not, no one even knew Vision was going to be in the movie. I think that someone did leak something about that, like, I don't know, it was before, it was right before the trailer came out, and man, these all these company emails go out, you know, from lawyers, They're like, remember your NDAs, you know, like, <laughs> remember the oath you took, when you, you know, so like on this one, I mean, it was no different. You know, everyone was just like, don't talk about it. You know, so I'm, I'm pretty used to NDAs folks. Like, like that's the thing too. If I literally, like the best way to never get yourself into trouble is don't like, guys, you can't even like videos. You know what I mean? You can't, (laughs) you can't, you imagine now they'll be like, the guy who worked on Spiral liked a video that complained about Diablo, Then they're like, he hates his own company. Like, I don't, guys, I don't, ah, damn it. You know, like, I can't, you you just, you, you can't, I mean, once you start working on things, folks, you really have to stop being like an engaged fan to an extent, you know? Even now, like, as I talk about the artwork and stuff, I can't. I mean, I can only talk to you about my experience and uh, to an extent. There's things I can't talk about, you know, obviously. And that's just because there are a lot of passionate people out there, folks, and uh, they they love to misconstrue everything you say. <laughs> like, <laughs> And try to make certain you never do anything ever again worth the salt. Um, but that being said, uh, so I took the job, saw what the game looked like, was blown away. I mean, I think it's safe to say, guys. I mean, all around, just as fans, like the Spiral remake. I'm not kissing, you know. Rob worked on his hands great game, but I mean, honestly, it doesn't look like your typical remake, right? Like it looks pretty freaking amazing for what should have just been, you know. Maybe. I mean, we've seen some remasters before, and I mean, the Crash was pretty good. I felt this game was like even a step beyond that, so. Um, it was hard to say, you know, no, I got to tell them my idea. like It's not like I wouldn't want to work on a game, folks. It's that you get to a point where I'm managing a few projects and you're like, wow, when you take one on, it's going to push everything else back. You know, Andy, I'm certain when you're playing Spyro, you don't get to play Red Dead. Right? When you're platinuming, right? It's kind of like oh, that. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> I kind of put everything else down for that.
0: Raking the leaves. Well, you're in the desert, right? So you're raking the scorpions. Right. <laughs> Shoot shooting at rocks. <laughs> Trimming the, por- the 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 cactuses, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. And so then you wonder, is this worth the trouble? Like, I did some covers the summer before for IDW and they're great to work with. But I'm like, I don't know if it was worth the delay, like working on these robot things, which they're fun to do, but you just never know. Um and I, I mean, I actually got a few indie game covers recently that I was like, I don't, I can't do it, folks. But I saw this game. And I'm like, man, if I turn this shit down, like, man, yeah, yeah. and the game's, you know, I'm never gonna hear the end yeah. of it. It'll be regrettable for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Andy, Andy, let's let's play this game. If I had said, yeah, I totally bailed on that opportunity, wouldn't you be like? I lost respect for Rob, right? (laughs) (laughs) I would have actually driven all the way over there just
3: to shake you.
2: Mm -hmm,
3: mm -hmm. What the hell?
0: I mean, it's one thing to quit going to conventions. It's a whole other thing to quit. I mean, I guess they're not making a whole lot of remakes from beloved video games often, let alone good ones. So, yeah. So I took the job, um, and it was awesome. Um, But you folks out there should know. And I think you've all realized Rob hasn't been streaming a whole lot this year. <laughs> uh, Brandon, or, uh, so as a result of working on Spyro, we have lost pretty much all, like no one gets notified now mm-hmm. when I do stream. Right. So, so everyone, if you haven't already heard in the theme song and Andy, Andy hasn't heard it cause now we're recording these separately, but, uh, uh, you gotta click the little bell, folks. The the ringy dingy down there in the corner. The little ding. Yeah. So, because what happens is when you don't, when you stop streaming after like I don't know three fucking days, YouTube goes, "You suck."
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And they just fucking hit you with the notification, no notifications band hammer or whatever. Yeah. Now, I feel real sorry, guys, for like YouTubers who feel the pressure. They must feel that pressure to like if I. If I don't keep streaming, keep on streaming, streaming. If I don't keep on streaming, I'm gonna lose everything. Like, cause I I don't care. You know, this YouTube thing is a place to store information for free. That's the way I look at it. Um, I don't have to pay to store all these videos. But like, I don't feel any like whether I stream once or 365 times a year. I, it doesn't change like my work. You know, it doesn't doesn't matter for me. Um, but I do, it is annoying. I mean, imagine, Andy, if you stopped playing on your PlayStation for like a month and it, like, forgot you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That'd be heartbreaking. <laughs> you log in, it's like, I don't know you. You, you know lost all your trophy. You stopped you, your work. you You lost your passion, Andy. You don't get to play. You know, like, <laughs> all, you, <laughs> all your you achievements. Lost your... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Brandon, I mean, you're your rainbow what the fuck do you play rainbow six right sure right yeah your rainbow (laughs) six is like no more bullets you know like it just lets you play with i don't know so it's just youtube's a fucking Uh weird thing so so we lost all that um and then uh, i rolled out of that into another game project that i can't talk about so awesome um now, <laughs> unless I ruin it, I'm gonna be very careful. Why don't we share some of the uh, some of the art really quickly? So this is over on the main sketchcraft.com, which is really just linked to my art station page. Um, but you can see some of the character art over here, folks. And if you go in here too, you should know I tend to put a lot of the. Uh, some of the work in progress stuff. So if you're interested in seeing some of the comparisons now, some uh, little wise ass over on Instagram wanted to let me know that dad is Damon. That's not Roscoe, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I know like that's Roscoe, but they wanted the spots from Damon because the Damon model didn't have any of them. So they were, but you know, you know, Brandon can't fucking win sometimes with these people. (laughs) Like clearly none of us knew that, you know, like, I don't know. I, I try never to respond, but in my room, I'm like, you son of a bitch. So, (laughs) So, yeah, so this is the concept art. Any general questions, Brandon, or or any about making concept art for games or anything? You guys got any? I I got
1: a question for Andy. Oh, no. Okay. How, like, so Rob was saying this is like a this is a remastered game, right? I haven't played it. I've just seen all the behind the art stuff that you been make forever. Yeah. Did the remastered game hold up to your expectations or are you feeling like there's some things that they could probably hit on the next one or you would change?
3: Um, that's a good question. So keep it honest.
1: All right. Oh, no. So I don't like the term
3: remaster, especially for something like Spyro, which was a, from the, from bottom to top, a remake, you know? So that game is a remake. Uh, the, uh, Jack and Daxter, whatever they did, that's a remaster. That's how I determined it. So moving on from that, um, it was just as I remembered it. You know, when I put in the disc and I started it up, the first game going from level to level, knowing where the tricks are, knowing what I need to do, it, it was almost like super familiar. You know, it was kind of like getting on a bike, essentially. And mm-hmm. I mean, so it did live up to the expectation. I knew that it was going to be about the same, and that was fine. You know, I was totally okay with that because that's what I wanted to play. I wanted to play more Spyro. Um, So I platinum the first one, and then I jumped into the second one. And I don't know. I can't remember the second one too much uh, compared to the first one, but there were some of the boss fights, especially the second one with that green dog thing. Uh, he pissed me off. I was, I was, <laughs> I was he like, blacked,
1: he blacked out. He just, he just blacked out and kept on. I shit. was like,
3: this game is. I was like, this boss is trash. Why do they have to make it so difficult? Like, I know that they were trying to keep it, um, you know, familiar and pretty much on par with what it was. And there were certain things I think they could have upped it a little bit as far as you know, maybe some controls. But I mean, overall, I was really stoked with it. I'm really glad that they were able to remake it instead of just. Kind of you know up-res it and say here you go.
0: I think one of the things to remember with games, especially in the the mid to late nineties, in terms of balancing um, games, and, and this is just having I was there when it came out, obviously. Um, but I spent a lot of time talking to the developers when I was like at Play um, and and Game Fan, and even recently as when I was at E three with the Mega Visions guys. So like you, I I meet a lot of these older dudes like and. That worked on these games, and those those games, like even like Spyro Two, that was like made in a year, the whole game from scratch. And you're talking oh, about wow. very like small groups of people, like twenty, thirty people, were making those games, as opposed to like the hundreds of developers that it takes to make something now. Um, and that's just because you know, games are simpler too. Then I mean, so like when it came to like balancing, like their QA was incredibly. Short, and you know, like it was. I mean, you, I mean, in a, in a 12 month development cycle, uh, I mean, when do you even? I mean, you're talking like it's probably like a dedicated three or four months, maybe, maybe, because even then they still have to go for certification and then ship. So, I, I don't like when you think about how games were made, uh, it, in the 80s and 90s. I get it with 2D games, like the 16-bit generation, um, because pixels are immediate, but when it came to those early 3D games, I can only imagine how much of a knocking fight mare it must have been to even get those games approved, just just in terms of like scheduling, writing. Think, think about I mean, a 3D game is infinitely more complex to make than a 2D game. Like it's just it just is, and they were right. developing those engines from scratch, right? Like there was no middleware, no, no physics, you know, engines, no, no Unreal fours, nothing, you know, li- lighting, sound, everything was custom made, and then it had to be the QA. Those dev kits had to be a nightmare. What were they running on Pentium twos? You know, like, <laughs> and with MMX. Nice. Like what? I just I I that's why. I to, like I try to go to E3 whenever I can because I can I, I seek out the, the guys that were there. The guys and some of the girls. There weren't as many female developers back then. But you do meet a few. But I was hanging out over at the Polymega booth last E3. And the guys that created that, they were uh, some of the head tech at Insomniac. So they, you know, um, they worked on Spyro. <laughs> and just... And, and they came from the 16-bit. So, like, I was talking to him about the Deep Space Nine game on the Genesis. And we brought it up and we're playing it. And the guy's like, I worked on this. How do you, wow, you, you know, I'm like, yeah. And then I talked about the Deep Space game in Unreal. He's like, to go from the Genesis to the Unreal one was a nightmare. Just the 3D was hor- horrific to get working. Um, so, I just I just think now, like, now you can make a game and have a playable prototype in Unreal Literally in a week, you know. That's it. Might have dummy graphics and blocks, blocked characters, but that you could play your rough core gameplay within three or four days, um, with a group of twenty people in multiplayer on Unreal Four. You know, that's pretty amazing. I don't know how they did it. (laughs) I can only imagine those those people were living there permanently for months. You know. Yeah. Um for 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 myself i really i really do hope this game's sort of like the benchmark you know this one and the crash especially are benchmarks for these i mean they're remasters to an extent right there's really no way to remaster a playstation one era game unless you just like an emulation when I mean, you know when you take the emulator and you crank up the four k um playstation three level games or two level games are easier because the models are closer, but then I don't. It's gonna be interesting to see if they ever remake Grand Theft Auto Three. Like, well, how will that go? Like, 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 will they? Will they have the cardboard hands, the action kung fu grips? You know, right? I, I don't miss that. Um, I really wish Mario sixty four was available like this though, because I mean, like, when you think about it for the longest time, guys, I think we can. We're old enough to. I know I am, Brandon <laughs> and Andy. I don't, but like yeah. the benchmark for the longest time was, is it a playable Pixar game? Like, when can we get 3D games to the point where they're, like, Pixar games? And, man, this this would do it. You know, right? Like, if you could show this Spyro game in 1998, people would. It looks. Think about it. Like, how far graphics have come. That this is actually right. better than Bugs Life. When Bugs Life came out in 98, right? So, like, I only know that because I was in basic fucking training. And <laughs> I was like, we got a break. I was like, I want to see Bugs Life. You know? That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> learned I learned of the lesson of don't overhype Pixar sometimes. Like it's a fun movie, but well not their greatest. Uh but man, that at the time we were amazed uh that Soul Calibur was coming out on a console, right? Like Soul Calibur was uh, so, yeah. Dreamcast. Yeah. The Soul Still Burns, yeah. Well that was still a year to go, but I mean they had all that 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 initial coverage. Like a next generation magazine, the power powered by Power V, Power VR Ooh, early pre G Force folks. So, uh, anyhow, man, so like I just saw this and I was like, well, this game just looks fucking brilliant. And I just was sort of shocked that development on the game, like the game's fun because working on the game was fun. I can say that like, for certain. So, but there are a lot of challenges. Like, um, I personally kind of show some of those artwork again. So like I personally um, wasn't quite used to like render like it's really weird guys. Yeah. Like um a little bit of everything I've done over the last few years sort of like prepared me for what I needed to do on this project in terms of rendering, character design, using gradient maps, coloring. It was like trying to take all the pieces of the puzzle and then assemble them together, you know. So uh yeah, it was uh it was a lot of like you kind of get one thing figured out and then they'd hand you something else and you're like I got to work on hillbilly robots. I forgot about those guys, you know, like <laughs> 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 How do I make that fun without changing it, you know? So, they, they, this was all pretty standard development for me until like the um the the rendering was a little like it, it it went, like, this was one of the earlier renders, these Norcs. This was some of the first stuff, so it had a certain look to it. But by the time I got to the dragons, then that was, like, yeah, I got pretty good around there. But, man, that was, like, right at the end. It only took, like, six or seven months of doing the same thing every day uh, for 12 hours a day until you're, like, I think I got the hang of it, and then you're done. So, yeah... Yeah, that was that. Um, I'm gonna be releasing as much of the concept art as I can over the next couple weeks. The last thing I got to do was this giant fucking poster, um, this right here, and, and this is where one. yeah, that's where they wanted me to. They wanted me to do this like the way I did the Game Informer cover or the the Chrono, you know, my uh, multi character pieces. But man, if this this wasn't the biggest challenge. Um, they're making that into a poster, right? I'm still waiting on that. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I know. we have a <laughs> PR department, Andy. You're welcome to uh, ask them directly. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I refer all questions. Now, um, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, but I do know that, like, when it was put in front of me, uh, a lot of artwork in games these days is digitally painted. So, like, they do rough lines, like, really roughs. And then they paint. And I. there's a reason why um, it's done that way. One, it's way easier to keep everything looking the same. Digital paintings t- tend to, they're less defined by people's hand, personal signature. So they, they get to be a little bit more coherent. Or co-coherent is the word. Um, what's the word we're, they're all alike. What's that word? <laughs> Can't, my brain, I'm getting older. Confusive? Cohesive, thank you. Say, wow, Tater did it! All right, two yeah. points for two <laughs> points for Tater. I Just Want to write that? that write that down.
1: Paid, I was only half paying attention too.
0: <laughs> What's new about that? So, uh, but they but this was you know this had to be drawn, folks. And man, if that isn't just it's just this is a giant amount of time. Like this was hard. This was hard. So, uh, this took an entire month concept to finish and I actually did my initial concept right before e3 went to e3 and came back so the entire month of like the end of June to the end of July was was this and uh, it's just it took took a while to get everything on model make sure all the characters were in the order they were all sized properly not too much rendering not too little rendering you know it doesn't look like a lot I challenge anyone out there to go and draw it you know, and then go do the flats and then do the colors and then do the highlights and then get it approved all the way through. And then when you're done this background, I painted that, too. And then you got to start that, you know, <laughs> and then you're like, like, you know, it's funny when you work on something like this. All I see is the audio books I was listening to. Like this right here is Anthony Bourdain's book because he had passed. And, I was, and then these were like a couple of Joe Rogan podcasts. And this was me yelling at taters. And this was a after a while. Movie. I don't.
1: I don't see the blonde in the red dress anymore. I just yeah. see zeros. <laughs> <and more>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. And and I remember at the time I, I was working on this. Uh, I got the Sonic commission. I'm doing color pencil. And I told the guy because he's down in the UK. I'm like, I have this piece I'm working on, and I need to stop working on this commission, like, because I can't. My brain can't do anything else but this. Um, yeah, You know And he's like oh what is it I'm like I can't tell you But you gotta trust that I'm telling the truth And when you see it you'll understand <laughs> Why <laughs> I'm not Folks I'm not like some fucking genius artist Man like I literally Everything I do Is like Maximum effort every time You know Like it takes a tremendous amount of effort for anything I do um, because uh, it's work, you know, it's just work for me. Um, I I love it, but it's not, I don't have any special talent. Like, this is literally rolling up the sleeves and like, ah, we got to get in here. And that, that was, that was hard. And then plus, all these characters I didn't design, other artists did on the project. And you're always, you're always worried you're going to be like the guy who fucking drew him poorly and they're like you ruined my design, Rob. And so you know, there's that. Plus the fans, you know, you don't want them yelling at you too much. I got lucky. I haven't had one major complaint. I got one person who was like, "I hate what you did." And I'm like, "No, okay, okay, okay. you know, <laughs> I'll take right. it. I'll take it."
3: No critiques on it. You're just like, "Screw you."
0: Yeah, yeah. But
3: uh, so I have a question for you, Rob, real quick. Sure. Um, so. How, like I know that they had to redesign everything so did they just kind of give you like a dossier and they're like, here you go, work your magic. Or did they like have a specific idea in mind and you kind of had to, you know, bend your artwork a little bit to m- meet that?
0: A little bit of both. So what they generally do is they show you, here's the character, you know, you get like a screenshot of the character. Um, if you need a couple, they'll hand that to you. Um, and then they go, if they have a specific idea, um, they'll let you know. Um, they kind of with the Norks, like they were very specific with the dragons in terms of like the the artisans, the, the classes of dragons. Like each one had a certain flavor. The, the, the swamp dragons had a different from the artsy dragons, which had to be different from the dream ones. And right. that was like the difference between the dream and the art ones was like everyone was like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like what is, what is What is a dream? What are dreams? You know? And so, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm dreaming of fucking sleep guys. So, um, but, but then you go and you, you take that screenshot or that, you know, like a it, when it's a note, it's generally just a couple sentences and then, or nothing. And you have to go and conjure up some ideas. Really? You have to do it on your own. and, Look, I can't speak for the other artists on board. I can tell you for me, um, if I found that if you just sketch something out and hand it back to them, not a good idea. Like, you really, th- this sort of job, you really have to th- not just think about everything, but you really should write things out and figure out what it is you're trying to do, then present some, some sketches um, that back that data up or sort of expand that out Or if you're going to sketch and then write some ideas down and then kind of put it, whatever you first present, you need to make certain that you thought that shit through. Because because what happens is, is they ask you questions like, why did you do this? (laughs) Why? Why did you do this? (laughs) Right. You know, and if you were like, because it looked cool, that's not going to cut it. You know, you kind of like have to come up with a little bit of like a lore. So you need to understand... Where the character was, whether it 's an nPC, a major character, a minor character, where they are in the area initially in the game i 've worked some of the stuff i 'm working on now are for things that have not been invented yet, and so when you 're taking something that hasn 't been invented yet, you have to then imagine how would it play if this were the game, you have to create the game in your head and how would it okay wouldn 't do this would do that, and then you have to sort of draw around that it 's not your ability to illustrate at that point. It's kind of like the least important part. You know, like that's a given. The The most important part is that you're, you're communicating ideas, a specific idea that the character is going to be based around gameplay or personality or both. And that you, they want to know you're not just phoning it in, you know. And not just them, but I, that's how I'm finding with games, like there's a strong thinking element to this. And so, this is why I really—I mean, when 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 you when you find artists who try to almost button click their way through art, like in Photoshop, they use filters and all the shortcuts and extra brushes and scatter brushes. Like, they can tell the difference between uh, using techniques to save time and rushing through things. And you can't rush through any of this. Likewise. There are time constraints. There's production lasts only so long. You have to produce a certain amount of art in a certain amount of time. Everyone does, or the project doesn't get done. So, so what, what I try to do is, um, you can't get more hours in the day, right? So you have to eliminate the amount of things you're doing. That's it. So, uh, I just stop with the commissions, stop with the power prints, until you get a rhythm going. And for me, uh, I'd get a rhythm going, and then they'd present something I hadn't figured. I did these, um, I'll show them later, but I did these, I did this one with this flying saucer, to, and these, these goats that were in the flying saucer in the game. And you would think the flying saucer's not a big thing to draw, but it kind of is, actually, because any which way, and that, that saucer is no longer fun, or funny, or it's too funny, you know, everything's everything's thought about.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Everything. Um, once they can see it. But initially, it's generally in this case, it was a picture from the game, maybe an idea, but um, there was virtually nothing when it came to the Dream Dragons. So it was like Obasi, and uh, uh let me see here. Oh, these Dream Dragons. So, like, I just put up this one, like these two here, Zekimo. Th- these were tough because they just didn't know which way to go in terms of the tone of them, you know. And you only know once you draw things, and the more you draw them, then you're like, oh, we definitely don't want that. And you're like, that was a week I lost, you know. And there's <laughs> and that that time to stop drawing is. Fast approaching, because there's no more money and no more production time. And then, I mean, everything you draw—remember, everything you draw—someone has to model that and then rig it. You know, so it's like everything you see on the sketch or the sketch on this little piece of key art <laughs> is is money that's being spent beyond me. Like me right. drawing that's the cheapest thing they're spending money on when you think about it. Like someone else has to physically go and model it and then they have to animate it, think of the personality and and not just this game, but I don't know how any game gets made. Really when you think about <laughs> how incredible like that's why this is why having been a guy who I've backed maybe thirty seven games, I think, some around thirty or forty games on Kickstarter. A lot of them have done well. Most of them haven't and that I the games that tend to do well are guys and girls and developers who've worked Previously in games, you know, like Banner Sagas and, and uh, Thumbleweed Park, and first-time game developers, mm, I, they probably don't make it eighty percent of the time. And I understand why. Like when you think about, did, did you guys back Battle Chasers? Yep. Uh, no, but I did
3: purchase it once it Boo.
0: came out. Boo, Andy. <laughs> Boo!
3: How <laughs> shame on you! Uh, you know what? Sometimes you can't do Kickstarters, but I got it
1: full price. Joe Mad, you got to back him. I can't <laughs> believe you. I can't believe you,
0: Andy. You see, you see what I put up with here, right, Andy? Andy's so, more of a Jay
1: Scott <laughs> Campbell kind of guy. No, not at all. Did you buy the
0: Danger Girl game on the PSX, Andy? Like, were were <laughs> no. you there for that? I did. That was yeah. fucking horrible. So, uh,
1: <laughs> no, Andy's more of a Ramos fan.
0: Hey, True. I am too. So... Well, but the thing about the Battle Chasers game is that's that's a small studio that made that, you know? That's probably maybe probably internally they had maybe six or eight guys internally full time maybe. And then, right. you know, freelancers come on and off as they need production. And they were only able to do that because they had just got done making two Battle Chasers Dark uh, Darksiders games. Plus the development games they did before that, like there was that game Dragon Kind. Um I didn't see that. Yeah, it was a game that never made it, but they were making it for PS two initially. There's a piece of key art around, some concept art and a key art that he did, where it's like this uh, blonde-haired dude, and he's got like a dragon glove, like a glove that's like a giant dragon's hand and stuff. It's pretty cool, and um, he so, loves giant gloves. But I understand why, because like it's just really hard, folks. You know, it's hard enough for me to do what I was doing. I couldn't imagine having to do the concept art and then model and rig the shit I drew too. Like I don't, I don't know. So I don't know. Um, but I do know that. Look, man, if this is all the games, this is the only game I ever work on, then I did it, right? So fucking mission accomplished. Like, us check that shit off. for right. like, 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 that's it. I did it. You know, it's actually there. I did the game. And I'll tell you something else. Some of the people I grew up with, most people are supportive, but you do find some of those people, mostly the people I worked with in art departments, who, damn,
2: you know, say nothing.
0: <laughs> all of a sudden, they're really quiet. Like, where are all the... Huh, they're really there for you when you're failing in life, you know? They're like, oh, Rob, ah. Oh. Look at that guy. He failed. Go support him, you know. But then when you're doing well, it's like, man, I'm it's so good. You know, I've seen his artists. hands are flat. You know, like <laughs> I, I don't like the way you draw hair, Rob. Like I know well, I don't have much, and I got Brandon who has none. So you know, mm-hmm. like that's how it works. Um, it's it's time we
1: tell everybody the truth, Rob. I model for all your poses. It, it's the it's the truth, guys. Mega Tater just does all. I do all the posing. So when Rob draws someone upside down, legs going every which way, and guns blasting. That's me. That's why I've all my reference.
0: girls have marshmallow hands now. <laughs> 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 You're going, why are you girls so thick? I'm like, well, Brandon. <laughs> I'm, yeah. So I'm, I got... like, I'm like a, I'm you a see peanut what...
1: butter shake, everybody. You see what
0: I have to work with here, people, right? So
1: um, <laughs> any hey, other general questions? Diff- I'm gonna talk about a different game.
0: Oh no. Oh, no. Well, okay, if uh, we're done with Spiral, I just want to end that. I want to end the segment. We're all done. We're done with Spiral. That's it. No more questions. That's it. We're out. I yes. think we're all good. Okay, so we'll move right along. One second. Okay. All right, Brandon, what are we going to talk about?
1: Pokemon!
0: Okay. The trailer or the
1: game? Dang. The game. The actual game that is out that I own.
3: Mm-hmm. Detective Pikachu? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which, you know what, I mean, we could talk about the trailer next, we, we can, but I'm talking about the Pikachu and Eevee Let's Go game that just came out, that is, I don't know where, based <clears throat> off Andy's definition, I got a little lost, if it's a remake or a remaster, I don't know, or a remix, can we call it a it, remix?
3: Uh, they, I don't know, they made so many changes to this, I it's, don't know what you want
1: to call it. I'd say remix, because it, it has like the feel and slight story of the uh, Pokemon Red and Blue, but then it's also like got some of the new XY Sun Moon kind of feel to it. So it's a little there's okay. I'm just gonna say this. I like it. I love it because I'm a huge Pokemon nerd, which everybody should know by now. I'm a 33 year old man who loves Pokemon. And I'm right there with you. Yeah. And but there's parts of this game that clearly, you know, it's made for kids younger where it's very basic catching Stray Pokemon in the game is very basic. You just throw the ball at them and you hit the circle. It's very basic, so part of me is like, ah, rah, rah. but it's I'm an made adult. For the
3: YouTube generation,
1: yeah, it's very swing and click. But I still love getting the Pokemon, getting the power ups, changing the names, and just going all around. So I'm happy for now. I haven't had a lot of time to play it between moving and my wife's birthday and then Thanksgiving, but. little time that I have played it, I like it. I'm happy for whatever comes next. So that's my two cents.
3: Well, I mean, it's fun for what it is. But like I said, it's very much for the YouTube uh, kid who, like, their attention span is only, like, two seconds. Uh, I think the one thing that bothers me the most is the – like, I don't mind the random battles, but I hate that we have to catch every Pokemon – in order to get experience, if we're not going to battle them. Because I don't need a box full of 35 different Pidgeys. <laughs> you know, I just want to yeah. knock them <laughs> at the experience point and move out of the way. <clears throat> yeah.
2: mm-hmm.
3: But I I like this because that it's a remake of Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow. And Yellow was one of my favorite games until Pokemon Emerald. Um. I was always the kid that really loved the third one of every generation. But it's – I dig it. I like it. I like that, you know, it uh, it looks very anime. It matches mm-hmm. the show a little bit more. Yeah. And it's cool that you get to see some of the other characters. Like, I don't know. How far are you in the game? Because I want to kind of spoil it for you.
1: Uh, I'm into the second or third town where you get the Bulbasaur.
0: I'll spoil the it. Gen. They all die in the end, Brandon. All the Pokemon. <laughs> but... It was all <laughs> a dream. No.
1: Yeah. 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 It's all um, in, in coma. Yeah.
3: Exactly. So I mean, you see one of the characters, and they do a callback, which you you know you see blue, and I hope to see the character red because I think I forget which game it was, but I lost it when I saw him as the champion, which I think it was uh-huh. maybe in Ruby and Sapphire. But it's it's the small things, and and graphically it looks awesome. I'm really looking forward to seeing what it's going to be like for the next entry because I know this one was kind of like hey, it's a mix between the traditional Pokemon game, the Let's Go series, right. and, or the uh, Pokemon oh. Go series. Um, but we're making a full-fledged entry, and that'll be later. I'm really looking forward to that one.
1: Right, next one. Yeah. It's funny you say that about the, the okay. callback, because I, when I started the game, I named my main character Red, and my rival, I named him Blue. See, I so. named him Gary. Because I thought it was supposed to be Gary, and then here comes the character that looks like Gary.
3: Music, everything, personality, and then they named him Blue. I named my
1: Pikachu, Bruh, B-R-U-H, (laughs) Bruh, and I put a hat on him, a trucker's hat, and a vest, so every time he's about to battle, he goes, let's go, Bruh, come on, Bruh, (laughs) Use that lightning tag, Bruh, (laughs) you did good enough, Bruh. Nice. So I made him a a pretty douchey character.
3: It's like the character, the guy that made... Uh, Link, my dude, in yeah. of Time, so everybody sounds super chill.
1: <laughs> yes. How about you, Rob? You enjoying it? You enjoying the game?
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Guys, the last Pokemon game I bought was the initial Red and Blue set. <laughs> I was I don't actually like
1: the way you say Pokemon, Rob. Yeah, well, there's, yeah. No, there's no fun in it. You're just like Pokemon.
0: Yeah, you know. I mean it was a game that I had been taught talk- I i I'd heard about when I was working at PlayCo as a toy store in San Diego. Uh I was working there ninety-six, ninety seven. through the ninety six Christmas season. Um ninety seven. I said ninety seven Christmas season through ninety eight yeah, ninety six, ninety seven, into ninety eight. Anyway, uh so they were gonna initially bring this over to the States and there was a giant fight with Galoob because it was gonna they were gonna bring it here and call it Pocket Monsters. But Galoob had this thing called Monster in My Pocket, and they were like, We're suing Nintendo. So Nintendo just released this Pokemon over here. Uh, and, uh, I really
3: enjoy the Pocket Monster title better. But that's just me.
0: Yeah. So when it came out, I was I was in Germany. Um uh, we were down range just doing training and Gizen. And not that you guys know, but that's where I was. And so um <laughs> I went and bought both games, red and blue, so that way my buddy could play and we could, he could, because we had a lot of downtime in the army at the time, folks, we weren't at war. So, so you know, you six hours of fun and 12 hours of just sitting there waiting for shit to do. And I was like, Pokemon! And man, well, first off, it was tough playing the Pokemon in the middle of the fucking dark um, <laughs> on those screens, because they weren't backlit. But I remember getting that, and every Joe in there was just like, what the hell is that game? You know, like that's you guys are stupid. You know, and by the time I got out the military, everyone had Pokemon Stadium on their Nintendo sixty fours. Like, <laughs> right. I, there was giant barracks. Like there was a fight once over that fucking game, man. like. <laughs> but everyone was throwing money down. My Pokemon can beat your Pokemon, and we had the Monster Ran Remember the Monster Ranger games where you put like a CD in your PlayStation and it would generate monsters. Yeah, there was I hunt. remember. A yeah, whole group of those games. So um, I like Pokemon, but ever since that first game, I've been waiting for something like, like Breath of the Wild with Pokemon. Like if you can give me an open world, doesn't? doesn't I don't care. I want the graphics art, artistic. I like it, but I want an open world RPG like thing. You know, like the games are all. It's like, like man, I love Link to the Past, but I can only play that game. Over and over again, so many times, and I, I'm luckily with Zelda, they've only done that. I feel like Link's Awakening, which is my favorite Zelda game to this day, plays in that format. Um, the Minish Cap games, which perfected that, plus the Oracle of Ages games, which perfected that. But by the time you get to the, the 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 that format in 3D on the DS with those Phantom Hourglass and the Phantom Train games and whatever, it just felt like boring. And then I got to the they they did better with that uh, the the one on the 3ds was that um, the what's it called the ages of the Dur- where uh, you your a, a a link paint. between worlds link between worlds which at first I was like man again with the fucking top down thing but they <laughs> flipped it up a little bit and I was like all right that's fun but Breath of the Wild is like okay that's fucking amazing like that's like the best Zelda game since Link to the Past I couldn't imagine what it would be like if every year. For twenty years, I got two Zelda games that played the exact same way. Like I, <laughs> so the <laughs> fact that Pokemon has stood that test of time is pretty, pretty amazing from its own fan base, which Brandon and Andy and you guys are super Pokemon people. So um, mm-hmm. that's awesome. But wait like right-
1: till I get my Pikachu tattoo.
0: <laughs> is it gonna be the shocked one?
1: Uh, it's gonna. I'll send you
0: a picture. It's a side duck, right <laughs> in his nether, you know. So, nice. um Oh, side duck. But like, I'm also shocked that it's, it's taken this long for anything like that to happen. I mean, they've made enough money on Pokemon; they can, they could put, you know, a hundred million into a Pokemon game and make back. It yeah, right but where are they really going to
3: put it on the Wii U? You know, they had to that would have sold, like sold Wii U,
0: but that would have sold now, Wii U. It would
3: have. But I didn't you know, buy a
0: PlayStation 2, Andy, until Grand Theft Auto 3 came out. And so I sort of feel like there's this weird thing. Like, Nintendo can't have it both ways. It can't go, well, we're going to have these exclusive games on our systems, and that's why people are going to come to our system, and then not put an amazing, obvious idea on their exclusive system because, well, there aren't enough people in the systems to justify. It doesn't, doesn't work. Right. If you make it, they will come. It, you know, 100%. If on the Wii U you had a giant open world, and by the way, the Breath of the Wild was designed for the Wii U, so let's not act like you needed the Switch to make for that to happen. If you had a Breath of the Wild game that was like with Pokemon on the Wii U, would you have all bought a Wii U? No, well,
3: I had bought two Wii U's already. Right, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brandon,
3: give me a game.
0: Would you have bought a Wii U just, just to play it? I don't know. No, you don't know. Yeah, you do. Uh, he would have well, because I'd he's probably. a
3: huge Pokemon fan, and if
1: that. Is something...
4: Oh,
0: if
1: if if the Pokemon would have been on the Wii U, yeah,
4: if it was yeah. like oh,
0: the yeah, yeah, yeah. open yeah,
1: yeah. world thing,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's
1: what I'm trying to say. Bought, I would have bought two of them and played them side by <laughs> side, one in my left hand, one in my right hand.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and they could have made, they could have released a, uh, you know, a yellow Wii U with the Pikachu themed game pad and all that other bullshit. I just, I don't understand, you know. Other than there, I get that there's a level of this. I mean. They're very traditional out there in Kyoto in Japan, um, but they they got to stop. Like some of these things, they're just throwing away a billion. I think the, the idea at the time was they do so much in mobile that if they made a game on the on the, on the on the console, that it would eat into the DS or the mobile sales. But now that you know the Switch is both a mobile system and a console, so it's kind of irrelevant. Um, I also think that not doing that has hurt. Is it Game Freak? Is that that make Andy? Is that right? yeah. yeah, Game yeah. Freak? I think not doing that has hurt them from a technological standpoint. I don't think they have the tools. Mm, I don't to know do if it, it would
3: hurt them just because I mean, they're still putting on the 3DS, which has a huge fan base already, or a you know, a install no, no no no, base. no, no,
0: no. I'm talking about their tech tools internally so. Nintendo, oh, yeah, Nintendo okay. themselves held off for making a 720p game for so long that when they started making 720p games on the Wii U, they had a giant bottleneck development-wise internally. They weren't prepared. They, they got hit the way companies were getting hit from um, 16-bit to 32-bit. So you remember, if you guys are old enough to remember... Companies that you were making, you know, like Square was making an RPG every year with Final Fantasy until right. the 32-bit revolution. It was like bam, you know what I mean? Like, like they were just smack right in the face. And then when they went to develop on the PS2, there was like a four or five-year wait between Final Fantasy 10 and 12, you know. So and that had to do now with the
3: 15 years.
0: Yeah. So um, <laughs> I don't even started, and so. Like they Nintendo has talked about that, and I gotta wonder if Game Freak they're just internally speaking in terms of their development tools and their pipeline. They just aren't there yet, and part of this like this game's like a good intermediary to that, but it's too linear for me like I did try it. it's fine, it's just I want a more robust world, even if it's this top down world when you think about the the shit you can do in an animal crossing game. Should also be like that level of interaction, and like everyone in the towns in the worlds should be doing their jobs and doing their own things. They should be living. The world doesn't feel very alive to me. It feels like kind of static, diorama- static like a di- like a diorama to an extent. So, and that's it's not a negative. It's just you know I just think that.
3: Well, it seems like they haven't grown with their fan base.
4: Yeah. Yeah, the yeah they're
3: still very much putting it out for kids, which is fine. But, you know, you kind of have to cater to both. So, I mean, I know a lot of people, especially our age, that grew up with it. They keep talking about how they want an MMO and this and that. And I don't, I would hate that. But I really do like the open world uh, part. And I, what I would actually like, because I know that the the power of these consoles now can do it. I could totally see us booting up the game. And everybody's going to have a different story because now you get to choose which uh, starting town and, and any of the Pokemon games that they've had. So it's like if you want to start in Pallet Town because that's what you knew growing up, starting there. If you want to start in wherever, you know, from like the fourth, fifth generation, you can start there and then kind of bounce around between all the different generation uh, regions you know, so you have everything all at once and then you can kinda see who has what Pokemon, who started with what, and kinda evolved that way. So it makes you feel more like a, a trainer in a lived in world as opposed to all right, we're all starting at point A. Right.
1: So
0: Yeah, I almost wish Game Freak would team up at level five.
1: Uh yeah, right? Yeah. What did level five make? Kuni. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A Nido
0: Puni. Um billion games Yokoi watch. Oh.
4: Okay. okay, thank you, Brandon.
0: Inazuma Eleven. If you ever played a soccer RPG, it's pretty fucking awesome. Um, so bunch of games. <sighs> so okay. What about the Pokemon trailer, Brandon? Well,
1: okay, I'm gonna. I'll go first. Shut up, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, when you know when I first heard Detective Pikachu, and you told me about it, Rob, before it hit like the whole internet, because usually you got your finger on the poles, I was like, ah, you know, fuck them, fuck this. And, you know, I saw the game, and I was like, ugh. Now, when the trailer came out, I was blown away. I can't lie. I was immediately like, fuck, I'm eating crow on this one. I want to see it. The characters look amazing. The CGI looks on point. The world looks like you're in the world of this. You feel connected to it. It looks dope. I'm excited. And funny. Yes.
3: So, I mean, I wasn't sure right off the bat how I felt about uh Ryan Reynolds being Pikachu, but right. I mean, tonally, if you're going for the the comedy aspect of it, I, he he knows what he's doing, you know what I mean? He's done enough comedy movies. Um you know, he's seasoned as an actor, of course. So he's going to bring a life to Pikachu that a no-named actor I don't think would have done. So it gives it more credibility than almost like a straight-to-DVD-type cast. Yeah. You know, I, it looks interesting. I'll probably see it, you know. We'll probably take everybody to go see it, but um, I didn't get a chance to play the Detective Pikachu game, although that is on my list of wanting to play. So I'm fine with it being like a, a side game. It was almost – I took it as like a mystery dungeon games that Pokemon came out with, even though I didn't get into those. I – I respected it for what it was. And Detective Pikachu, they they kind of went on a limb, which Nintendo more or less doesn't do. Um, so, I don't know. I'm excited. It looks cool. I, I heard that there was a rumor, and I heard that there was a campaign that was going on that Danny DeVito, they were trying to get Danny DeVito to be the voice. No doing,
0: I mean, the <sighs> internet was complaining. But, you know, someone at we had, when we were doing the GameCraft stuff for a while, um, someone was asking at the time, Rob, what video game movie would you like to see made? And I said, well, I guess if I could only pick one, it'd probably be Pokemon. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, but I was like, if I had to make a billion dollars, see, see, if I had to pick one that I knew could be successful, because we haven't had a seriously successful one, that'd be the one I do. Except for me, it's really simple. It's Karate Kid meets E.T. It's like a boy, (laughs) his pet, and a tournament. You know, like it's kind of an easy movie to make, man. And then they announced, because Pokemon Go came out, and then they were like, we're going to do a Pokemon movie." I was like, here we go. And then they're like, we're going to do Detective Pikachu. And I'm like, "God damn, Game Freak. You know, like, I just, <laughs> I knew that when Legendary went out to get that thing, they were thinking Karate Kid meets E.T. And then Game Freak's like, we're doing Detective Pikachu. And then I was like, fuck. You know, so then I see the trailer, and I'm like, I bet you, the way it's set up, they could backdoor themselves into a tournament film as a sequel. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like this might be the smarter way in that if you build a relationship between the Pikachu and the kid, and they go on some actual meaningful adventure before they get into a wild tournament movie, then the stakes are elevated. So, I'm hoping that's the way they go. If they literally try to turn this just into a series of, like, detective films, and as much as I love myself some Sherlock Holmes, um, Colossal Fucking waste of of money and time. Um, yeah. Visually, I love the look of it. I'm glad they kept the Pokemon looking like Pokemon. I think some people complain that there's fur on them. I'm oh, cool. Oh, they they can
3: They're supposed to have that. A lot of them do have fur. When I, was,
0: when I was yeah. a kid in that Turtles movie, the first one came out, there was a group of my friends who were like, Where's the turtle van? Where's Bebop and Rock City? How come down their belts they don't have their letters? You know, shit like that. I'm like, I don't. Fucking shut up. So uh, it, it looks like the Turtles. You know, you want some shit that don't look like it? Go watch the Resident Evil film sometime. Like, get back to me. <laughs> yes. Those people
3: that complain, I mean, that's how we got Turtles 2 and Turtles 3. So thanks a lot, people. I had friends
0: who were like, April Neal's Ugly, the first Turtles movie. I'm like, she's, what? What? You know? And <laughs> and someone fucking heard that and recast, Um, what's the actress name? Judith Hogue? Judith Hogue, I think they recast her and put some i don't know who the fucking woman was in Turtles 2 and i can't remember cuz she didn't have any personality and <laughs> and i remember watching a, a making of thing not like it was right when it came to HBO like a year after 92 and they're like yeah we felt the producers thought you know she was prettier <laughs>
2: it's like they weren't <laughs> even
0: hiding it i was like these son of a son of a bitch you know so um I'm like, they've kept the look. And what I also like too, is it takes place in a fictional town. It's not like I was really afraid they were going to he-man this movie where it's like Pokemon come into the real world. Like the Smurfs, Yeah, you know, Uh, where you're like
3: Dungeons and Dragons. It
0: right. I don't
3: know. So, well, so like what you were saying back to, you know, playing it off into, uh, you know, like the tournament saga is essentially quick question for both of you. Do you think that every trainer hears his Pokemon talk like the kid does in the movie, and then everybody else just hears the standard Pokemon name?
1: Mm, in the movie, or in—it's in of- just like in general,
2: you know. Because
3: there was like, even so. in the anime, they're always talking to like, "Hey, Pikachu!" and Pikachu says whatever. I think they it, can you're understand. Right.
1: I think they can understand the inflictions and the different way they say their name, as far as just attitude. But I don't think they can understand like a full-on link like, a full-on psychic link of, like, oh, he's saying, like, hey, I want to go eat some burgers. But if he's just, like, says Pika one way and he says it a different way, it means, like, he's sad or he's happy or he's angry. So it's like Star Wars. Everyone knows what R2-D2 says. I don't know, Andy. Why you got to go so deep with it, man? It's just a bunch <laughs> of, like, animals fighting each other with make-believe. Right? Kid-friendly dog fights. Let's go.
0: Jeez. Yeah, that's you what I was go, saying. Gonna go know.
1: deep with the conversation. I wasn't
0: that. <laughs> Look, guys. At the end of the day, where does Superman put the boots? <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. The boots. Where are they? He Wraps them in his cape. Where are they? The fucking boots. They're,
3: they're in a compartment inside the phone booth.
0: Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. So you know, like I remember when I was. I love the Rockets here. I remember the first time my dad saw a trailer for his pants would catch on fire, and I'm like, "You fucking dick," you know.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, then my dad would watch fucking Rambo, and I'm like, "He would come on," you know, like <laughs> 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 he'd get a staph infection with that when the when the thing went through his leg, and in like 24 hours, he'd be dead, you know. Like, it was stupid. So uh, I love Rambo, but it was just funny. Like you let it go because you know who cares. Um, where where I I just think that the tone seems to be. Just to be right, And everyone else who's complaining just pretty much passionate. There's everyone wants a great Pokemon movie, except for those monster rancher fans. They're like, fucking. And Digimon. <laughs> the Digimon. <laughs> I want the Yu Gi Oh movie with the real Yu Gi Oh hair, like you know, as is, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. With the zigzag.
3: things like Dragon Ball and Last Airbender. Okay, Rob. <laughs> I
0: would love a Dragon Ball Z movie where guys are really roided. They just get those bodybuilders. And give them some crazy <laughs> wigs. <laughs> can I, I, Can the like Bat and the these, Sun like guys them. hold on, Brandon, let me finish. Can the Bat and the Sun guys get on that? Can they just get a bunch of those super like bodybuilder dudes <laughs> and put them in wigs and do it? <laughs> oh man, that'd be awesome. Brandon, what are you gonna say? No. That's, it was really was... fucking important. You had to say it, so say it. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was gonna say jokingly how much I already loved the live action Dragon Ball movie, but Ooh. I did not like it.
0: I get the guy confused. The guy that got to play Goku in that movie. I get him confused with that guy who took over that seventy show.
1: Like remember... isn't, isn't, the, isn't the guy from the Dragon Ball movie the guy from Break the Kid from Breaking Bad? No. no Aaron Paul? That's not Aaron Paul. No. <laughs> I thought that was Aaron Paul. No. may Aaron
0: Paul was in the Need for Speed movie. Remember that? Yeah, what a video game movie that was. And it came out right after Breaking Bad ended, so they're like, he keeps on driving! Like, into the need for speed. (laughs) I was like, wow. That that would be amazing if they could keep the same character. That guy looked like you,
1: Paul. Let me see.
0: No, he didn't. He he had like an elfy face. He looked just like him. Elvish features. I'll bring it up, man.
1: That guy, yeah. Justin Chatwin.
0: What else was he in?
1: He was in. War of the Worlds, Ooh. The Invisible. Chips. Uh, <laughs> 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 but he looked, in the movie, his face, this guy. He, looked, he looked like Aaron Paul. He looks like
0: him. That looks nothing like Aaron Paul. No. It's...
1: Hold that I'm going to go to images. That looks like
0: here. douchebag Elijah Wood. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: He kind of has the same face in that promo post where he's holding the ball as Aaron Paul. He kind of has that look, but I do This like is like the time... Better. Brandon,
0: you should tell Andy your theory about Wolverine. Who should play Wolverine?
1: Your face.
0: Come on, tell Andy.
1: <laughs> All right. Now, in context of it, Kay, have you ever seen... Uh, and, fuck, you put me on the spot, Rob. Damn you. Uh, horns. Have you seen Horns. With Daniel Radcliffe? Oh, yeah. Okay, did you like it? It was okay. It was okay. Okay, but Daniel Radcliffe was a badass in it? He's not going to be Wolverine,
0: dude. (laughs) 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 See, Uh, Andy... Daniel
3: Radcliffe, that is not Wolverine. Andy, I want you to
0: hear my theory on this. My theory is Wolverine's the guy that steals your girlfriend. And I don't fucking see Daniel Radcliffe. All as Harry Potter as he may be. Pulling off that move, you know, like unless he—he's—he's he's Daniel Radcliffe and he's like, I'm not only Wolverine, but I was also Harry Potter. Maybe, hey, like,
1: it's, <laughs> the, it's the ones you don't expect that creep on you. You know, you
0: know, you stole like my heart, Brandon, content. but my wife's still ain't too happy about it. But I'm you. trying to say, just, Daniel Radcliffe doesn't have that about him, no matter how hard he tries. You know, it's like Sean Astin. He, he's short and stocky, but you know, eh. Uh, eh. I don't see it. Brandon insists. You you, you call that guy
1: douchebag Elijah Woods.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's like a guy you run to at 7-Eleven. You're like, fuck you, handsome motherfucker. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Uh, So I guess he kind of has. I guess him and Aaron Paul have that squattish anime face. Those intense eyes, man. Yeah. Whatever, Um, I don't care. It's all right. Let's move on. Yeah. It's let's, let's,
1: let's, let's get sad or happy, depending on what topic you pick.
0: Uh, let's see here. Let's, Andy let's can't see one. the documents, so you can't pick nothing. Andy, do Andy. you want to talk? Oh, Andy, we've got to talk about Stanley. So. All right, so let's talk about some Stanley. Uh, Andy, have you met yeah. Stanley? I have not. No, all the cons you went to, you never once got to meet him? I
3: actually never had a desire to meet him.
0: <gasps> <You> know, <laughs> My best Deadpool. About <gasps> Stanley,
3: I, I'm gonna say some things, and I don't feel like it's going to be. No, you
0: know, not on this cash You don't do that. So we'll move I on. mean, it's
3: not gonna be Bill Mayer or Meyer or whatever. I'm not gonna trash the guy, but uh, you know, I didn't feel the same way everybody else felt.
0: You should go read the deposition he gave during the Jack Kirby versus Marvel thing. The, the family won, but Stan was very man. Stan was trying. And the Marvel lawyers weren't having it. Like it was it was bad. So um I met Stanley on accident in nineteen <laughs> Brand, I'll tell I'll tell us this Brad, have you met Stanley?
1: Uh no, I have not. And I you know, it's kinda like Andy was saying, it's like I think he's a legend. I think he was amazing, but I never had that need to like go pay the hundred dollars or two hundred dollars to take a picture with him kind of thing. It was more like I respected the guy from afar, but I didn't. I don't ever would spend the money that people have spent to like meet him and be in his presence. If it would have happened naturally, that would have been awesome. I'm or curious. Or something.
0: I'm curious. When was your first, Andy? What was your first comp? What year was the first convention you ever went to? A comic convention? Comic uh, oh 2009?
3: 2000, right. Yeah,
1: 2009.
0: Right. Brandon? What was your um, first? Two,
1: probably 2009 ish, right around the time. I think as me and Andy. Met each other around that time when we, at least when I first started doing cons, give or take.
0: So after yeah, Spider Man, right? When did
1: I? I don't know what year did I meet you, Rob, at a con? Two
0: thousand seven. Okay,
1: so I started then before that, then two thousand six, two thousand seven ish.
0: But after the first Spider Man movie, right? Probably. Yeah, I probably. That's okay. two thousand one. So here's the thing: like before ninety nine, two thousand one. Comic-Cons weren't like they are now. Like, you, you didn't stand in a long line to meet too many people. The longest line I ever saw at Comic-Con was the Image Booth and Bob Kane in 92. And, you know, the Image guys were generally a little bit of a long line, maybe a couple hours, a couple hours wait, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, around 2001, when Spider-Man was getting ready, when Spider-Man came come out at San Diego Comic-Con, that's when it exploded. Like, I had to wait eight hours to not get into a room. It never happened. I started going around 92, 91, ninety two, ninety one, ninety ninety two. It was yeah, ninety two. That was the first. That was when Batman Returns came out. I wanted to go before, then, my father fucking wouldn't let me go. But the first one I was finally able to go to was Batman Returns because I told him the creator of Batman would be there. So, which you know was like half truth. Um, anyhow, uh, so at San Comic Con in the nineties, I'm gonna say around ninety three, ninety four. Um, it had to be ninety three. Because DC had just so DC's booth the year before was fucking horrific. It was just this like bland hall with desks. It's fucking lame. It's a DC. Like Um, it was bad. And then in ninety three, when the Death of Superman came out, they got the shit kicked out of them financially because Image had come out. Image was there at that con. They debuted. They were like it was like Hollywood. It was crazy. It was a crazy amount of never seen that many people. Everyone was like it was the last time I saw something like that was um in 2009, when Twilight was big at Comic Con in San Diego, and everyone was like, "What the? Where are all these girls showing up? What's what's going on? They're taking over Comic Con." And I'm like, "Ah, this is what it was like for the the, the older guys at Comic Con in '92. The, the Star Trek people, they fucking hated Image. Yeah. <laughs> they were like the fucking Image Comics ruined Comic Con. Like I was, I was, like, what are you talking about? You know? Um, I see they don't speak Klingon, and so. DC had to make a giant booth with all these graphics, and Marvel uh, kind of up their booth. their Their booth was this um was a square, and it was like a cross, an open cross, right? So you can kind of go through. And I was cutting through the Marvel booth to get to the DC booth to go to the image booth. like one of the, the image was kind of split up 94. Anyway, so I cut through the Marvel booth. And fucking I wasn't paying attention. And I ran into fucking Stan Lee. Literally ran right into him. Like, <laughs> like, like I was like, I looked down like, hey, Stan Lee. And he was like, hello, you know. And, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I sort of got. I was like, you know, the image booth's over that way. He's like, oh, I don't know about all that. <laughs> 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 I, was like, I was like, thanks for the books. He's like, you're welcome. It's all here. You know, like I shook his hand real quick and that was it. Like that's that's it. But that was the it had to be the it was before Mallrats had come out. Um and then when Mallrats came out, um Stanley had that cameo on Mallrats. and all my friends were like, Who is that guy? And is he dead? Because the way like the way Kevin shot the Mallrats thing at the end, there's that thing where he goes, Stan and Stan looks back, Yeah. Would you would you change it? he goes, i would do it all again for just that one girl? It, 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 felt like a eulogy. Like, like, that's the last right. time we saw him. Like, that's it. Goodbye, Stan. And all my friends were like, oh, what happened to him? I'm like, he's alive. He's at con. He just walks around. I, I walked right into him. <laughs> he apparently doesn't look where he's going. Uh, <laughs> he's a tall guy. And I was a tall kid. Uh, but, uh, that was Jack Kirby died in 94, 95, 95. And so it was before Jack Kirby died. But that was, that's the only time I got to meet Stanley. Um, but, you know, like everyone else as an artist, I man, I'm all about creator rights. You know, you always hear the stories: Stanley gets credit, the artists don't. Um, I mean, I can tell you why that, like, I can tell you why that is. Stanley was the only paid employee with the word Marvel in it. Everyone else was a contract worker, work for higher contract. So, what that means is anything Stan did was owned by Marvel because he was the employee. And that's just the way the contracts worked, and to this fucking day they do. So, like, um, he got credit because he was a Marvel employee. If those artists were on Marvel payroll, they would have gotten credit. Um, it's just it's sad. And it, and if if you read the deposition, it's available out in the internet, folks. I don't have fucking links, but you can go read the Stanley Marvel Jack Kirby whatever. Stan was trying to explain that, you know, very easily. Like, you know, I would give him an idea, and then Jack would go and come back, and here's a server and all this weird shit, and I'd have to go and, like, figure it out. And so there was really, like, a collaboration. But, you know, that just gets to the further the point that this country has just never gotten past that work-for-hire mentality in comics, um, let alone anywhere else. And the comics don't have a union or anything, so they're kind of fucked. Um, that's what Image was about. Image was about stopping that. And a lot of people now think Image was about drawing shoulder pads and muscles and (laughs) fucking small feet. No. It was about, like, I can draw muscles and shoulder pads and small feet, and if it does well, I'll not only get the credit, I'll see the financial reward from that. That's it. That's all it was about. If something does well, then I reap the benefits, not this giant mega corporation. Um, Right. And, I mean, it kind of, for me, like, it goes back to when I was a kid, because when the first Superman movie came out, the creators of Superman, Joe Siegel, Jerry Schuster, Siegel and Schuster, they were living, they were sharing like an apartment in New York, like on assisted, like on social security, like assisted living, making nothing. And I think Neil Adams went to bat for them back in the day and got them a check for like $100,000. Oh,
4: wow. It was nothing. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, so like, um, and it started this whole thing about DC renegotiating creators' rights. And then Joe Jim Shooter did the whole thing at, at Marvel with Epic. And that was going to be like, well, you can release your own creator own books. And then you'll get a better percentage point. But if you go and watch The Making of Image, it was always like that you never really owned it. You were just getting a slightly better take. Slightly better mm-hmm. take. A slightly better take. Um, and I, I like now... It's, and it's unfortunate because when you tell people now, hey man, these, credit, these artists should not only just get credit, they should get a fucking financial reward for this. Regardless of the work for a contract. There's always this group of people who will go, well, they should have fucking known. You know, they should have known. <laughs> Meanwhile, if they fucking, if these same people make one fucking thing, you know, that they see something like it. I knew the giant mega shark should have been a movie one day. That's my idea. You know, you never hear the end of, remember, Brandon, like, you ever have a friend who will just be like, I knew the Cardinals should have done that play. Like, you know, that you never, they uh-huh. never hear the end of it. They think it's their fucking idea, you know, but I mean, look what people do to each other when someone buys another friend a lotto ticket and they become a millionaire, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah right? Right, Andy? Like you buy me a lot of ticket, I win a billion dollars, and I'm like, fuck Andy. You know, like I'm not giving him that. <laughs> fuck you, man. You know, I'm gone. A bit like, you know, like that that would be a really colossal dick move, right? So um this this industry hasn't fixed that yet. You know, there have been image is still the best case scenario if you do well. The problem is doing well gets harder and harder even now that there's more comic books being printed than ever before, um, that means the growing amount of people buying those, are like, the, you're, what, what is that? There's not, there's less books being, there's more books being sold, but less individual books being sold, right? So you just got a greater diversity of, of, of things to buy, but the people buying them are, are not growing that much. It's like the same people; they're just buying a lot of different things. Um, so, guys that used to sell hundred thousand books, say Spider Man sold hundred thousand, now sells thirty thousand, and you're like, "Whoa, huh?" That's
3: oh, because they're oversaturating a lot of these titles anyway on their own.
0: There's a lot of different reasons, Andy. You know, and I've had yeah. endless conversations with writers and editors of these companies in many different forms, as an artist, as a merchandiser. Um, uh, in publishing, every I've had every conversation for 10, 15 years. Everyone seems to have, you know, their theory as to why that is. At the end of the day, it is what it is, you know. And one of the things I can tell you is it's very difficult for people to go into an industry and be like, I can't wait to work 12 hours a day for 100 bucks. Yeah. You know, I mean, think about it. Like, if I'm drawing for 12 hours a day and I make $100 a page, I've drawn one page. For hundred bucks a day for twelve hours of work.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Can I uh, can I
0: loop back to a Stanley thing? Well, one second, yeah. but but I just think like Stan was a guy who, despite those fucking things, always found a real positive way, you know, to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the one thing I can always say is I never once saw that guy rage on anybody. Right. No matter how many times I saw people rage at him. Through like panels at Comic Con or in interviews, you know, you always get one person who's like, What about that Jack Kirby? He's like, I was a friend of Jack. And look, there's a lot of people in that era who'd go, Stan was just an attention person. I don't know, man. You know, in this era it'd be like guys talking about like Robert Kirkman. No Robert Kirkman, you know, he was successful. He's, you know, he's got an opinion. Who I don't know. And what I do know is I met a lot of comic book dudes who were fucking Sour motherfuckers. Like <laughs> you know. I'm I can be a little salty. Stan Lee was never there's never a point where he he could have, he would have been like, fuck all you mother, like right. <laughs> I'm Stan Lee bitches. Like he never had that. About any well, artist he was very or,
3: good at keeping that public face, you know, in a certain way, certain light.
0: <clears throat> yeah, he really, really was. Um, and under oath did everything he could to To give the credit where it was due, the problem is is we have a system that won't allow that just won't allow that to, to get better um, right. but for me, the biggest thing was watching Stanley and Kevin Smith like merge together, you know like those it's hard to describe I think to the modern day kid like when I was a teenager when the Kevin Smith films, they were a shared universe, like those movies yeah. were connected, and that wasn't a normal thing. Two no, not unrelated films had these characters that these stoners that were across between three PO and Cheech and Chung, and they're running through these films, and each one has more vague references to the shit I love, and no one else is talking about this. From comic yeah. books. I mean, think about this. Chase and Amy featured indie comic book creators. That's my favorite one. And they're and they're bagging their own fucking oh, comics. Remember the scene where the girls are bagging their own comics and mailing shit yeah. out? Like I was watching that scene. I'm like, I wish I had that life. And now I'm like, I fucking hate shipping things.
1: (laughs) I know why they're drinking wine, you know, and complaining about life. I get it. (laughs) I thought thought when I was growing up, I was like, I'm going to move somewhere with a loft. So I walk up my stairs, and here's my cool art loft with these giant windows, and I'll have my art desk just like them. (laughs) That's what I thought. I thought I was going to live in a cool-ass loft. I was like... That's it. That's what an artist does. They live in this loft. You got the sunlight coming in. You kind of have a bedroom here and there. You got some cool shit. So like, that's what I thought. I thought watching Chase and Amy, I was like, that's what a comic artist's life is like? That's so cool.
0: Yeah. It's, so. it's like a figment of your fucking imagination, to quote <laughs> a line from the same film. Yes. But I mean, with Stanley was in that Mallrats movie and then you get um, Chase and Amy and then you get the, the, the dogma and you get the the Jay and Silent Bob in the clerk's comic books from Oni mm-hmm. Press, and they were all connected. you know and it, and it was like that was the closest thing to like a, a modern version of Marvel that I had seen. As much as I liked the image things like what Kevin Smith was doing was like, wow, this is kind of like this is pretty amazing. But I really felt that that him and Stanley together were like perfect. Like he remember he had him on that the dinner for five. It was like Stanley and Mark Hamill. And J.J. Abrams, like and, around and
2: Abraham,
0: Jason man. Lee, yeah, it was dinner for five, and they were all talking about episode seven and comic books and shit. And it's just like Stan Lee, man, like always, I, you know. It's just, I, it's just a shame that that uh, he he wasn't able to create more. Like I guess he had that ten, he had like a ten year run where all the stuff at Marvel got made. And then mm-hmm. it was kind of like it. They did this thing like Stan Lee, DC presents stuff, which was really fucking horrible. But um, wasn't good. But uh, but I always felt like there was a point where the work Stan had created was kind of irrelevant. But then Stan became like the spokesperson for comics, and, and Kevin seemed to be like the next guy in line. That's why I, fuck it. I was like Kevin can't die when Kevin had his heart attack, and then Stan Lee died. That yeah. sucks. So whatever. Um, Brandon, you know another Stanley story?
1: Uh, it wasn't so much a story. I was just gonna kind of go off of, of your story that, and what I'm the point I made earlier that. See, so yeah, I think that's cool. Your interaction was something that will be with you forever. So it was like an actual cool.
0: Moment. I know what he feels like in my face. Smells like in heaven. No, but smells like pralines. It. <laughs> 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 I mean,
1: the, the, the closest I ever been to Stanley was probably like at one of the marble booths, and he was there up there signing stuff. And I just kind of stopped and looked at him. I was like, oh, there's Stanley. And then the scary guy was like, hey, move along. I was like, all right, move along, move along. But that's a cool story. I mean, I know a lot of people who have paid – and this is fine. If this is what you wanted, that's cool. But they paid, you know, the $200, and you got to do that family portrait style thing where Stanley's sitting in the chair, arms crossed, sitting there, and you kind of just – put your arm around him or you stand next to him, whatever complex stuff you're wearing and they take the picture and that's fine if you enjoyed that and that's great for you. But for me that it would feel weird. It would feel very weird. But if I had a a moment where I like you, where you bumped into him or he was drinking coffee and I happen to be getting, I don't drink coffee, but let's say I I walk in there and say, Hey, how's it going? And I'm wearing a marble shirt. You know, I'm like, Oh shit. You know, I love your stuff. Blah, blah, blah. If it was a natural moment, but
0: well, this is something else too, Brandon. Like this is like, I didn't realize how special it was until later in life. Like, the experiences wow. I had at Comic-Con every year when I was a kid, no one's having those again. Like, that was, like, before the giant... It was, like, right on the cusp of this giant, you know, Spider-Man, mega fucking Marvel MCU universe thing. But, like, during the 90s, like I would walk up to Comic-Con, and Stephen Hughes, you know who Stephen Hughes is? He was the guy who uh, drew Evil Ernie and, and Lady Death. Oh, Lady yeah. Death. Yeah, he used to just be outside on Comic-Con, all the way, and Convention Center, if you go all the way down, it's the last two doors, um, before the, the Hilton, or whatever that is, the, the, the hotel, on, whatever, towards Seaport Village, he'd be sitting out there, every, just, always with like, a book or a coffee, hanging out there, and I would just go there, every year, and talk to him, for like, an hour, and then go in, you know, like, that was just something I did every year until, unfortunately, he passed away. And I was like, oh, I'm never going to get to see Steven again. So, and he, was, he would always just look at the art and talk about art and, and just, you know, like, it was just always cool, man. Kevin Smith yeah. was a guy I met for the first time around 95, 96, maybe 96 con. I can't remember. But it—it um, it was I think it was his first San Diego con because he didn't have – I had seen Mallrats and he had merch, but I was like, I want the blueprints. You gotta make the blueprints <laughs> from the movie, the Wiley e. Coyote blueprints. And then right. next year he's like, I got the blueprints, and I was like, Oh shit, soul motherfucker. So like, <laughs> But that was a guy who I'd never once seen him get fucking angry. One time, uh, it was the last it was two the 2001 con. It was right when I come back from the army. So I'm standing there and they moved artist alley to the left side of the convention center. And I was over there looking to see who'd be down there. And Jim Lee was drawing. And Jim Lee hadn't drawn a book in a while. And kids were trying to get him to draw anime. And they were, like, not <laughs> having his art. You know, they're like, I don't know. That. It doesn't look right. And I was like, this is a guy who used to walk on a Comic-Con and everyone was, like, surrounding him. You know, like like Superman. Remember they all reached out to touch Superman and BBS? Like, it was like that. Yeah. I actually saw that happen to Jim Lee once in 97. So, I'll never forget where I mean, this swarm of people reaching out to touch Jim Lee. It was amazing. Um, and then 2001, no one gave a shit. So I'm sitting there watching that. And this is before he sold Wallace from, right before he sold Wildstorm to DC and everything. So I'm looking at that going, God damn, you know, those fucking kids. And then I look <laughs> over to my left and Kevin Smith is just leaning against one of the pillars at Convention Center. They have those pillars, stone pillars. And he's just, he's got his like hand in a comic book. And then, as if he knew, he looks up and looks at me. And he's like, his eyes open, like, don't. You know, cause you could just for a second, I was like, you know, do you, do you yell at Kevin, you know, Kevin Smith? And he's like, giving me the please don't, you know? Right, right, <laughs> and right, I right, just there's looked at him up. and quietly gave, like, you know, just gave him the, like, the thumbs up, like, man, it's all good. And he's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> 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 And that's the closest i ever seen to him get, like, you know, please don't. Right. Like, you know, um, but yeah.
1: See, I, uh, the, I don't. I mean, I don't know how many people know this artist, but there's a, a painter who did a bunch of covers for Marvel a couple of years ago, uh, Marco, and I'm, I can't say his last name very well. Did jur, the Georgia.
0: You never remember, go, ahead.
1: go ahead. I'm never going to forget. Yeah, it's a, he's a he's a German painter. Uh, he did a whole bunch of like the daredevil covers when they were all painted and had that real cool, uh, old school look. But anyways, that one of the Marvel or not Marvel, I'm sorry, uh, wizard worlds that I actually, you know, I met you at later on, but, uh, it was either one of the Dallas ones or one of those where it was like in Chinatown or whatever. I was, uh, there was this art auction going on and there's a bunch of famous artists drawing, like, uh, I don't know. I couldn't remember any others besides him. And then I happened to go outside on the balcony and I was just having a drink and he came down he came out there and sat right next to me at at the same table as I was like, Hey, can I sit here? And I got to actually chat with him. You know, his English was a little broken, but you know, we got to sit there and have a a beer together. And, you know, he's just telling me about his painting and just talking to me. And I thought that was super cool. And that's like a moment that's going to, you know, stay with me that when I look back and I see this guy's art, I'm like, Hey, you know, I actually got to sit down with this guy and have a beer. You know, he's not that he may not be as known as like a Jim Lee, but a lot of people know his painted covers and posters that he did and such. But and then he drew right moment. over your Wolverine head. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I also have my bad moments of meeting artists now <laughs> who artists hit on your who girlfriend. Rock stars, yeah. yes, and <laughs> hit on my fiance at the time, and yeah. uh, you know also who writers who have signed over my Jim Lee art. You know, yeah. so it's awesome. There's been bad moments. These all you know, and these artists aren't these artists aren't Stanley. Stanley was. A movie star. I mean he was the movie star of the comic world. Like you say Stanley, everybody knows who the you're talking about. You know, some people to an extent know Jim Lee. But other than that, we all fall under the same broad character uh category of who are you? You did what? Oh, that's cool. Unless you're the you know, you're Captain America in the movies or you're Stan Lee. Nobody knows who you are in the comic world. But you know, Stan Lee transcended that. You know, you see him in like a mall rats and you're like, That's Stan Lee. You know it's Stan Lee. Like yeah, I would question.
0: recommend Kevin and Mark Bernard and did a good eulogy on Stan and Kevin's all of his experience with Stan. And like that, that's a really good conversation about that. Um, really, I, if there's one thing I would, I would stop listening to this, go watch that. That that's pretty good. Uh, I do have one last Stan Lee thing. So like in 2005, 2006, uh, I was working on this book called Mosaic with my buddy Adam Kogan. and he's a game developer and. Uh we were going to, he'd, he'd come in flying to San Diego and then we'd go down there and basically we're pitching the books to all the indie publishers at the time. There was this little wave of indie publishers at, at the time, like Ape Entertainment, Arcana, Viper Comics, a bunch of them, on top of Image. And uh, finally I show it to, to, we go in 2005, got some okay feedback, worked on it for another year, came back, pitched the book to Eric Larson. He loved it put me in front of Jim uh, uh, fucking Jim Valentino and Valentino gave us a deal on the book and I was like this is awesome we're finally going to get our own book and through image I'm so amazed Um, (laughs) and then Stan Lee came out with this uh, animated movie called Mosaic (laughs) and they were like you need to change the name and I'm like it's fucking the point of the it was about this book where this dimension was bringing in different Pieces of other dimensions into it, like a mosaic. So it was like, it's kind of, what you know. And then I was like, fucking Stanley, like <laughs> <laughs> you, you know. And then, you, and then the fucking mosaic animated movie comes out, and it's horrible. It's this really shitty? Like, cr- like clearly they, they just put Stan's name on it and made something, you know. And so it was like he didn't even care. It's not like it was like his next thing. It was like he's just making money, and so it kind of bummed out my writer and then he didn't finish the scripts and the book never got published. So it's my Stanley Kevin. (laughs) Damn you, Stanley, you know, but, uh, whatever. Look, at the end of the day, folks, if you come up with an idea and someone else has the same title as you, just, just put, put the real in front of it. I learned that from Ghostbusters. So like when the Ghostbusters movie came out, (laughs) right. Filmation made this really shitty, like Ghostbusters cartoon that had nothing to do with the movie. And they put it out and it's called Ghostbusters. And you were looking at it like, where's Vankman? Why is there a giant monkey? Like, what the fuck is this thing? And so the Ghostbusters cartoon came out. They put the real Ghostbusters. So I have learned that. Like, anytime you, you know, like if Andy's like, I'm going to make the Andy Bond game and I fucking put one out, you know, <laughs> you could just put the real Andy <laughs> Bond, bitch. I'm <you> know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, ah, oh, yeah, it's thought me. So that's that. Um, let's do one more topic. Brandon, do you want to talk... Guys, we'll take a vote. Do you want to talk about Daredevil Season 3 or the Aquaman trailer? Uh,
1: I'd rather go for Daredevil.
0: Alright, we'll talk about Daredevil. Uh, I,
1: would, I would talk too much shit about Aquaman.
0: Alright, we'll talk about Daredevil Season 3 in one second, then we'll wrap it up. Daredevil Season 3! Daredevil Season 3! Alright, who wants to start with this? Andy, you want to... I wanna haven't finished too? it, by the
1: way. I haven't finished it. Oh, come on. No, Yeah, I have two episodes to go. I didn't know we were going to talk about it, so don't spoil anything. I have two episodes to go. (laughs) It's in the document.
0: Brandon doesn't read the document until the day of. I I didn't get to finish it. I tried. Um, It's like eight years ago in this podcast.
1: We have two episodes left. We have two episodes left, okay? We're on episode 11. Spoilers,
0: they all die, just like the Pokemon. You shut your damn crap mouth. All right. I got a real
3: spoiler for you though, Brandon. I it will punch canceled. you. In, I will punch you. I will punch you right in the D. <laughs> right in the D. All right, I'll try not to spoil. I, I mean, I understand what. All uh, right, I think I remember everything Just that don't
2: happened. Don't talk, so talk about the last episodes.
3: All right, I mean, so where, where do we want to start?
1: Like, what we what think you, of what you it so like, far? What you like about it? The yeah, we don't. We don't.
0: Look, here's the thing. We don't. I don't. We don't need to. This is the one thing I don't like about Kevin Smith will do a review and he'll just basically do like the audio. He'll just tell you the whole movie from start to scratch. And I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> just tell me what you loved and love what you did It's Like your general reaction to it. You know, um, what I loved about it
3: is that it showed Matt Murdock um, struggling. I mean, I was very excited about this. Uh, Mary was talking about it and when she saw the trailer. She's like, oh, okay, it seems to be about the basic like, you know, bad guy. Gets out, fights the good guy, you know, whatever. And then and there's always these twists in the middle. But mine was like, I understand that those are going to be the tropes that they have to go through. But Matt Murdock is struggling with everything that happened, you know, at the end of Defenders, and he's struggling with himself and what he what he needs to be and what he has to be or what he wants to be. You know what I mean? Like the tail, the uh, scales were tipped over. You know, Matt Murdock and Daredevil. And I was very excited about that, about that internal struggle. Uh, what I didn't like about it is that they're, they seem to be less on Matt Murdock and more on the FBI agent and everything else going around. Nadim? Yeah, I was like, I mean, he seems like a cool character, I guess, but I don't care, you know? And then we did that whole... You know, Alexander remember Knox. The, remember, yeah, remember
0: the Batman like, movie? And they threw in the new... Alexander the Knox.
1: Or the whole Karen Page episode. Hey oh, man, man, look, exactly.
0: you can see, look, here you can see, I know a lot of people complain about that Karen Page episode. My wife loved it. She looked at it, I know this. I'm like, oh no, what dark secrets do you hold? You know, <laughs> 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 I don't want to know. I don't, she's like, you know this song? I don't know this song. I was in my I was in the army and I was drawing in my room. I don't fucking know this music, you know? <laughs> and that looks like everyone's ruining their lives. Like, that's great. So, I don't, I mean, look, I think at the end of the day that Daredevil season one, two, and three. If they never make anything else, it might be the perfect blend between the serious of A Dark Knight and the comic book world of, like, you know, The Crow and the first Turtles movie, you know, where you get sort of a heightened reality, you know, where some unbelievable shit can happen, but they still try to, like, root it in some level of of, uh, tangibility. I'm not going to say believability because, you know... The man can f- is blind and can fucking leap off rooftops and shit. Like you know, it's not believable, but it's it's physical. Spoiler, it's there. Spoiler alert. Right. Um, and I would easily. I mean, like, like if this is all we ever got, this. I mean, this absolutely would have. It might be my favorite comic book thing ever, just in terms of the amount of time it takes on things. I just, like you're either for that or you're not. I know some people are like it takes too long, and I'm like. Then they go and watch a fucking Spider-Man movie like I wish there was more time. I don't know about those people, man. You know, like there's a giant contrarianism right now in, in the comics fan community where, you know, they love to hate shit that you hate and they hate shit that you love. For me, this really like this is all like when I say almost perfect, the only thing that I could say is, well, that 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 makes it from being like the greatest fucking thing ever is that uh they, they do create a bunch of characters you don't know what you're like you don't what's the point in 18 like I don't really like it, you know foggy's girlfriend she's fun but what's the point of that you know like there's just little right. things like that where you're like they don't have it all figured out and that's fine we all don't have it all figured out before we start that being said this is pretty fucking amazing I wish this Series could dovetail into a Turtles film series on Netflix, like the same fucking universe. (laughs) You know, we could just the Turtles and Daredevil are so tied together. You know, it's
3: possible they're rebooting everything from the '90s. It seems so. I wish you could just
0: wish you could just. I mean, and and Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin is. I mean, this is so fucking amazing. He's a he's a total monster. I mean, in season two, talk about season two of Daredevil. There, so you get done watching that hallway fight. You know, which which is, is the greatest one of the greatest oh, yeah. fights I've ever seen. You get done seeing that giant monologue between him and the Punisher, you know, and some brutal violence, and you think, "Okay, I got a grip on this." And then Matt goes and picks a fight with Kingpin in jail, and <sighs> Kingpin just—he does something that you just hadn't seen in the series. He's just savage he's force. So savage. He's just pure. He's a force that that Matt doesn't even realize until that moment. It's like. It's like um, yeah. I hate to. I'm, I don't want to make light of natural disasters, but there's always someone who thinks they're Captain Dan from Forrest Gump. They're gonna rage at the storm, and win. Uh-huh. You know, like ah storm, and then you know they're trapped, and firefighters go out to get them, and somewhere, or, or in the hurricanes they they gotta get rescued, and they're like, I thought I didn't matter. I it, I almost feel like everyone warns Matt to not go and fucking piss off Kingpin, and then he does, and the way he gets just like table slammed. Just manhanded. <laughs> in Daredevil Season 2. It felt like when I was a kid, I got the shit. Chic- you ever pick a fight with like a high schooler when you're in grade school? Like, like, you ever talk a little too much shit sometimes and you get your ass handed to you? So there's, there's that. And anytime, like, the, one of the things I love about Daredevil Season 3 is just watch, watch the hand movements that Kingpin makes. He's like always oh, like. Yeah. Like,
1: you know, he's crunching his hand like a fist and not a fist where it's like he's squeezing an invisible stress ball.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
1: And you're just like, fuck, what's he going to do? Is he going to? And like, you know, there's a scene. um, I think it's episode, I don't know, 10 or something where he tells the guy to give him his jacket. And I'm like, oh, he's I just looked at Jessica, my wife, and I'm like, oh, he's fucked. She goes, what? And I'm like, I just get quiet. And he puts the jacket over him and just starts beating the shit out of him and he's like all right pull over get rid of the body like like god he's such a good villain because he's so he's smart he's brutal he's everything you want in a villain and he 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 makes the show amazing he's a great opposite to the character of daredevil who's a finesse fighter and you know also a smart character but it's just it's like a chess match between those two and and i don't even say like
0: Matt. By the third season, he's not a finesse fighter. I mean, he's putting Muay Thai ropes on his fists. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah You know yeah. what I mean? And just literally, just raiding his way aggressively. <laughs> like it's he kind of turns into like the Mick Foley of superheroes. By the third season, he's just getting. <laughs> you know, he's just, <laughs> yeah. You're like, why, Matt? Why are you doing this to yourself? Um, also, with with what you were saying with. What was I going with that? I had a fucking something. To, God damn it, Brandon. Um, brute Force. Brute Force. Take a fight with him. Pick a fight. I don't know. Damn it. Yeah, I, I was, oh, I'm De Niro. So you remember The Untouchables? The movie The Untouchables with Kevin Costner and Sean Connery? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so back in the day, there was a movie called The Untouchables, directed by Brian De Palma. And De Niro played it, Al Capone. Too. And there's this famous scene where Al's talking to all the guys at a dinner, and he's got a baseball bat, and he just takes a baseball bat on a guy from behind right at the dinner table. And it's just like this stunning, shocker moment. And when that came out, when I was a kid, everyone was like, you know, it it was just like disturbing and violent, and you didn't see it coming. It was kind of a funny scene that just turned horribly wrong. And I keep thinking, like, this kingpin... Like you couldn't like like that's he would do that with his fists. He wouldn't need the baseball <laughs> he would just, you know, Like the kingpin in this show would scare the fuck out of De Niro's Capone. You know, with not even so i just the I just I just don't think we we're gonna get a villain like that in any movie anytime soon, you know? With Nah. Just in terms of the time they've been able to spend with the Kingpin character. And I think it was funny. Someone was mentioning... I can't remember. Who did I hear? I can't remember. Someone on Twitter probably was saying that it's funny how Thanos is probably the best overall villain on the MCU, him and Loki, but Thanos ultimately uh, wins out because that movie's so strong. But that the arcs... And then on the TV side, it's you know the Kingpin. But it seems that they flipped their arcs. You know, like Thanos and the death story from is not in the movies right it's just the survival of the fittest and i got a plan to to even out you know to control the population and the crime in the universe which was kind of kingpin's motivations in the comics right keep control of everything uh you know murder half the fucking criminals because i you know we can control them and then they flipped them they gave kingpin the the love angle and thanos the kingpin angle it's kind of kind of interesting uh, I don't, obviously not intentional, but, um, but I mean, it's just a fantastic show. I, I hope they get a season four, you know,
3: I'd like, to, I'd like for it to be a season four. And I know that they're in discussion for a season four, but with all these comic companies trying to do their own streaming service,
0: well, that's another not sure. problem. you know, you like, know, you know, <clears throat> there's another
3: saturation be... issue for that, but. That's a whole different
4: topic.
0: Yeah, well, there should just be... Why there's a DC service that isn't connected to Warner Brothers, I'll never know. You know? Yeah. So, um, I,
2: don't, I don't
3: know. But, I mean, I hope that they do a season four. Um, I mean, people have had their problems with the other shows, but I wanted another season of Luke Cage, at least. But Yeah, I'd like um... to see electric
0: come back and... The... The bullseye storyline. You keep bringing that
3: back, though, and it becomes like okay, here we, you know, we're just recycling.
0: Depends on how they do it, or they could work that storyline in with Echo, which would be an interesting character to bring in. Yeah, given the king.
3: But as far as electric goes, you know, she did. She came back. She came. She was in Defenders, so like they had that.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Spoiler.
0: Possible. Possible. (laughs) Possible. But.
3: I mean I I or, it,
0: like I said. Or they could bring in Sleepwalker, right, Brandon, Sleepwalker. So <laughs> that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Uh I wish they'd just bring in the turtles, but separate universe. Don't get my say. Anything else? Have we missed anything on that, Brandon? Brandon, you should go finish the show. It'll only take like nine more years. Got two
1: episodes left and we were gonna finish it tonight, but
0: uh Oh, it's I'm the one who's held you up from finishing. That, is, that is it. It's that me. Is it. Yeah, it's, it's me the, the thumbnail. Yeah. Andy, it's your fault too. He
1: I uh, well, I'll will t- shoulder that. Most things are Andy's fault and I blame him 100%. <laughs> okay. Right. Just rolled right off the back. I don't
3: even care.
0: Uh, Andy, any specific things you want to call out? Any picks things to look for? Recommendations? Um,
3: Nothing. Not really. Know, Shannon, not, where
0: I mean... can people find your work online? Where can they Where can they find Andy and complain? Mm-hmm. Oh uh, <laughs> man!
3: I mean, right now, you can find me in a lot of different sketch card sets. You know, uh, Star Wars and Walking Dead and my DC Bombshells. So pick up a box of those. Pick up a couple of packs. Rick and Morty. You know, I'm I'm in there. I've kind of unfortunately put the comics off to the side for a lot of sketch card work. But
0: no, no problem. Draw. Yeah,
3: so I'm definitely keeping busy. So you can find me online. Uh, Facebook, you know, the name is Bond, Andy Bond, that's B O H N. You can find me on Twitter at, at Elvatron, E L V A T R O N. Uh, you can pretty much search Elvatron, you'll find me on every sort of media form
0: and you can find the real andybond.com where i put up <laughs> i'm actually going to take that lewd po- <laughs> lewd poses of andy wearing nothing but pikachu mink you know like i change i change it up I'd go, you know just
3: the the princess
0: peach crown only you know bowseret bowzette yeah Maybe that's the uh, <laughs> andy yeah, they and call me I mean, that's all uh, <laughs> and brandon where can people uh can people find the mega potato megapotato? Megapotato.com? You can you find
1: go. me at I Hate oh, Andy yeah. Bond. Oh, oh Bond.
0: no. Why would Brandon do that?
1: <laughs> you can find me on
0: Brandon Instagram. Lost All of His okay. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon
1: doesn't make art anymore.com. Oh uh, yeah. You can find, you can find me, and let me say it, on Instagram at Megapotato Show. And you could also find me on Twitch that mega potato show cross promotion, baby.
0: I want to find you on that Twitch. When's the next time you're going to be twitching? Good job.
1: Brandon. So you, you can find me on
0: those. <laughs> Good job, Brandon. We're really looking forward to that show. Well,
1: I got I to I I I text message Ninja and Drake and see when we're all going to meet up to play, you know, us big Twitch streamers got to stick together. So
0: are you going to, are you going to stream Pokemon go? Or Let's Go uh, Pikachu?
1: I can't because it's on the Switch and you have to buy that whole, I think, converter thing. It's like a pain in the butt, I heard. Um,
0: it's good
2: to
1: But hear. I will stream Black Ops 4 and that is all right now on my Xbox One because I don't have any other games and I can't afford them. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, realbroketaters.com is where you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> slim Pickens, slim Taters. Brandon. You can find me. Brandon's like, can I get your download code for Spyro? Can I get your download code for Uh, Spyro? You guys got
1: any more of them
2: free downloads?
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. You can find me here next week. Swear to Jeebus, uh, color penciling all week long wrapping up this commission, and as we go into the Darksiders piece, just in time to miss Darksiders 3. Those people over at the Darksiders thing, they get annoyed with me. Like, we really wanted to promote your work, but you didn't finish it. I'm like, I don't fucking care. So, uh, <laughs> I didn't, leave me alone. You know what I mean? Like, pay, pay, a, pay a mother... So, um, yeah, whatever. You'll <laughs> I don't do this for you. So you can see me doing that and we'll be back in a couple weeks with some more Mega Show! Brandon, say goodbye to the Mega Show everybody, we're going to go. Mega Show,
2: show, please subscribe subscribe. and get that notification going. Ding, ding, ding! (laughs)
0: Look at that! You made it to the end of the show, the very end. This is where it all ends, Brandon. The edge of the universe. <laughs> the edge of the podcast. Out of a hundred views, maybe maybe three of you made it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: for the over under. I'm gonna say five. Five.
0: I'm gonna say five <laughs> people made it to the end. And four of those are are Hector and his family. So right,
1: I was gonna say Hector <laughs> and maybe uh, Crusher.
0: Mm. Maybe Kyle Kyle likes to Sometimes Kyle you don't have anything to do <laughs> <laughs> The podcast is talking to me <laughs> That's what it's like to be in Kyle's head Right now everybody So you made it to the end of the show um, And you may have noticed Gee This podcast is a little different Than than the last uh, Six Six so seven we've done. I don't know. We didn't get too far before I was like, "Ah, this sucks." So, uh, <laughs> uh, we've been doing this thing now together, unfortunately, for how many <laughs> years, Brandon? Like, many years? I want to. I want to say five. I brought you on what 2013 or 12? 12. I think
1: it was 12. I think I became 12. I you brought me on for a couple, and then. After that, regular chatting. Yeah, it they, turns out from that.
0: It turns out most of my audience doesn't like hearing me talk for extended periods of time. Somehow, I'm told it sounds as if I'm telling them what to do. <laughs> <sighs> A little bit. Yeah. yeah, and with you, it just everything
1: sounds so absurd. I, I, I don't know why, but people like my voice. I mean, I hear it all the time. People, people I like your voice. Otherwise, like I'm like, I guess. All right, thanks, but. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Can't change it.
0: Hmm. hmm. Interesting. <laughs> the sounds of taters. I'm told people like the sound of my voice when I'm making fun of you. So that's the show now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you all created this. This is what you made. Uh but something something else. Um, I, I don't like doing these <laughs> every week. So I like doing the podcast. I like talking about stuff. It's fun to do. It's not really, you know. We all know this is. You don't. Know, you don't. You don't. You don't come to Sketchcraft to listen to the fucking two-hour-long podcast. But some of you have nothing else to do in the middle of the night. You you need something on while you're drawing, and I think a longer format show suits that better. That's the whole reason for this, Brandon. Right? They, we
1: are we are
0: certified background noise for everybody. Yeah, right? And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, absolutely. When it comes to me telling you what to do, I know I'm background noise because you don't it's hear, fuzzy, a, fuzzy you don't hear noise. a fudging thing. Something else I know. So I, I got done. I just got done uh, editing the show together because uh, a little bit of little bit of cuts and trims and snips here and there. Um, few few notes, Brandon. You sh- you should write this down. Right, get out your. Uh, your uh, your napkin and your and your your, your pen your big pen or whatever your sharpie and write this down. Rob needs to not curse. So you, you can find that as the later the night gets in the podcast, the f word just every other word. <laughs>
2: it's
0: just, yes. I was just like dropping. Hmm, I'm not even a sailor. I was soldier. Potty potty mouthcraft. I I don't mind every now and then, but even I'm like, man, I must have been really tired. I do blame a little bit on the, uh, I, I'm still kind of eating some of those Thanksgiving leftovers, so I'm, I'm a little drowsy. <laughs> I'm a little not in the right mood Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, I feel you. I was, uh, when I texted you before this, I was laying on the floor on my, ru- my new rug that we got for the front room, and I'm just laying there like, I texted you, I was like, hey, are we, are we doing this? And I was like, a part of me was like, I hope he doesn't reply.
0: Yeah, I don't know how you all eat like this all year. So, I, uh, I, this is literally the big meal I save. And I, and I make it myself. So, I make the turkey, uh, I do the soy honey glazed turkey in the crock pot, and then I finish it off in the oven for about 30 minutes. I make the stuff and everything from scratch, right? So, that's got uh, uh, three types of artisan breads that kind of mix together and dry out the night before. I got uh, pecans in there, Italian sausage, celery, apple... Uh, two kinds of apple, red and green, Shepherd, chef Brad. yeah, I got the cranberry things in there, and it's super, it's super good. Um, make the yams from scratch, the yams are the easiest, one. you just cut up about two to three pounds of yams, and you put in about, ooh, I don't know, a couple sticks of butter, and you put in your, your pumpkin spice mix, which I make from scratch, this is just nutmeg, cinnamon, allspice, ground ginger, uh, you put all that in there, um, <laughs> And you uh, you let that boil in those juices, and then that that butter, that butter pumpkin spice mix for about twenty to thirty minutes or so, and it it cooks the yams in the butter. (laughs) So so if you've hung around this long on the podcast, you are
1: now listening to cooking tips with Rob and Mega Potato.
0: This is other than Brandon. This is my only hobby, like. (laughs) My wife was asking me about that. She was like, you know, you don't have to do all the cooking. I'm like, I absolutely have to. And she's like, well, why? I'm like, well, one, she can't cook. Really, she can't. Uh, Two, I've always had it in me since I was a kid. I mean, we're going way back, like, you know, the the second or third grade. I I begged my teachers to teach us how to cook because my father, (laughs) he bought a microwave oven, and he was like... You only have to microwave food from now on, and he meant that. He was really serious. I ate nothing but TV dinners for two years before I fucking wanted to kill myself. And I'm, and I honestly, I, I, I was, I'm not even like joking about that. Like, I really did not want to live on Earth until like I learned how to cook. Uh, it was tough, man. Around the fourth or fifth grade, I finally got one of those teachers to start teaching culinary classes. Um, but I told my wife, I'm like, you know, we have to eat. So if I have a hobby, this is the one. Unlike music or <laughs> you know, right. sports, like I really we have to eat, so we may as well eat good. Uh, but I, I do, I see, Brandon. I prefer to limit the carbs and and the food throughout the year, and then come Christmas time, have fun. You know, I don't like this whole getting to Christmas time, Thanksgiving time, and like we gotta limit our food. You know, so I, I, I mm-hmm. don't like that for me. That's not the life I want to live. So, restraint throughout the year. And then right now I got fat hands, so I have. feeling. Like I've oh god, Brandon, it's tough. Uh, anyhow, so you gotta like gotta help me with the language moving on. I'm putting that on you. Okay. So, If I curse, it's your fault, right? Right. So.
1: Can I get Can I get a penny for every time you say the "a" word? You can't, <laughs>
0: Brandon. I don't get a penny for every time we make a show. You know, you know how YouTube works. <laughs> Hey you know, YouTube works for Sketchcraft. So it's open. You know what's funny is once YouTube started paying me like 200 bucks a year, I canceled uh, we were storing the podcast on Podbean or Podomatic. And they man, I was like they they wanted like 5 bucks or 10 bucks a month. However, it was it came out to what YouTube was paying me. So I figured it was a net even and then for a small little bit, we got a little bit more YouTube money. I went from 200 to like 250 260 It was really like a 50 or $60 increase. And I was like, you know what? I'm no longer paying for this podcast. So I, I deleted all the shows in the podcast to the free amount, which is like five episodes. We could store on average. And uh, I'm like, I'm keeping that 250 bucks, you know? Uh, which I put right back into Stupid Art Supplies. But but now we're at a point where uh, YouTube's paying me like maybe 100 bucks a year. So I was like, damn it. So I just went back to paying for this new service. Uh, what is it called? I, I can't remember the service I'm using now. It's funny, right? <laughs> uh, Pinecast, that's what we're using. We're using Pinecast now. But for 5 bucks a month, they don't charge me for storage or bandwidth. So we can put up the longer shows now. We can do longer shows, and that's why I've been thinking about this whole like moving back to a longer show format. So, one, I don't have to talk so friggin' fast. I mean, if you go back to those, you go back to those early shows, Brandon. You know, it was like welcome to mm-hmm. Sketchcraft. I don't need a micro. We don't micro machines. We're gonna get the big ones and fat ones. You <laughs> get your art. You to yes. get the sketches. You get pens. You get the pencils. You know, like <laughs> people were like. Is it the coffee? I'm like, no, man. Coffee chills me out. I actually, I think it's the fact that we I can only do shows that are 20 or 30 minutes long because they, they're they going to charge me for bandwidth overages. A couple times I had to pay for bandwidth overages. So on a couple of those older episodes, we got 60,000 downloads or 108. One of them got like 180,000 downloads, which is pretty big cool. for SketchCraft, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I owed money for that. (laughs) I was like, wait, so if I make a show people listen to, I'm going to owe more money? Well, what's the fucking incentive for that? So that's when I brought you on. And those numbers went right on back down like (laughs) to SketchCraft levels. Uh, So we did that. And then because of thinking about the longer show, I'm like, you know, Brandon, we need some theme songs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you may have noticed there's a little bit of a... if you call this a theme song, what I went and did, folks, is I went and found four four songs. Four different kinds of, like, 80s kind of upbeat stuff. Three three kind of, like, upbeat 80s kind of synth songs. And one is, like, this dark Blade Runner-esque-like thing. And uh, I got Brandon up around, I don't know, what time? 2 a.m.? Something some like that. <laughs> yeah, somewhere that I just... About right. I wake you up out of a sleep... And we kind of talked over these songs. We did about I don't know eight or twelve takes, like maybe um, more. And then I went,
1: I went back to bed. You said we were done, and then you said, "Hey, hey, I I recorded something
0: wrong, or you did something wrong. We had to we had to go back and do some more." Oh, we still got to do more because like I'm listening to them and they're funny, but I kind of want to space out some of the front end and you know really make this stupid stuff sound a little bit more intentional. <laughs> I'm not gonna say good. We'll say, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what is what is good, um, but intentional, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyhow, so we'll be rotating through these these openers as we go along, and then, you know, give you a little feedback, folks. What do you think? Uh, some of it you're not gonna understand. It's just gonna be kind of weird, but that's that's how I like to do things around here. Weird. What else? Uh, what, what? You have anything to say about the theme songs, Brandon? Anything you want to add? They are. Kooky, fun, and definitely entertaining.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't remember half the stuff I said because I was half awake. And at one point, the next morning, I was like, did I stay up last night making intro songs?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I was and like, yeah,
1: we did that. And I was like, oh, good Lord. Yeah, my
0: my I wife <laughs> my wife likens it to when I get up in the middle of the night and I, I grab her toothbrushes to do splatters or however <laughs> I make I make use of her beauty supplies, and I need tools I don't have for some commission. And she just has to. Re- she's like he just raids my entire. You know, there's. Just, it's kind of like that thing in the toy store where there's always something in the back. You know, when you can't find it, it must be in the back. When I can't find the right tool at 2 a.m., there must be something I can MacGyver my way through in the bathroom or the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you got a little bit of that. That 3 a.m. Three a. m love from sketch mm. mm. uh fucking songs cost me seventy dollars, so I'm gonna be getting a lot of use out of that, <laughs> like... <laughs> but every now and then I, pu- I put just a little bit of money into the show, folks, just a little bit, you know uh certainly, I'm not giving that money to Brandon, so it's gotta go into
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's correct,
0: so what else what else with this episode I could think of kind of recapping, oh yeah, so. Uh I really had intended to talk about Stanley, and then uh, Spyro came out, and Andy had been texting me like for a week. His progress, like the man, literally platinum that game. Like I mean, when they say pl- like, that's a lot of dragons. Like he went. Oh, he just texted me today. He has double platinumed
1: it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, uh yes. yeah. He uh, he texted me today at a. Uh... I'd have to look back at my messages, but I think it was around six o'clock. Yeah, uh... oh, I think wait, he's put 7... more
0: time into playing that game than everyone did making it. You know, yeah. I think I think it's possible.
1: <laughs> at seven thirty-seven, I got a text from Andy Bond, the real Andy Bond, just
0: got the platinum trophy for Spyro Two. So, so I thought, hey, why don't I have Andy on to kind of talk about the game? Little, little thing, though, is I wasn't certain if we were going to have Andy on the whole show because the idea is that I thought it'd be fun to bring. So I got to finish the sentence. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) see, this is the problem, right? When I don't make show notes, I can't just follow the list. So when it's in my head. You start, you stop, you start, you stop. So when we normally have guests on, they kind of have a time limit of 30 minutes to an hour. Right, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Right before yeah. they have to, they have to go to their life, and Andy has a girlfriend, and they got kids over there, and everything, and he has a job. So I figured, we'll we'll just start talking about Spyro, and I can rearrange the order of the show, you know, <laughs> to keep him around for about thirty, forty minutes, and then all right, and then goodbye, Andy, and then Brandon and I will just talk about Stanley, which was going to be like the focus of the show, mm-hmm. but Andy didn't seem to have any problem hanging around. So I figured we'd go right into Stan Lee. I didn't know Andy didn't like Stan Lee. <laughs> I never bothered. never bothered to ask him about that. And, you know, he's taking the side of artists. And hell, I'm an artist, so I should too. Uh, but I do know, I can't blame, I'm not going to blame, blame creative talent for decisions owners make for businesses, folks. Stan Lee was a creative guy, right? He wrote, he did art direction at Marvel for the longest time, uh, editor of all those books. There are people who owned that company. They're the ones that made the decisions to not credit artists and not pay out royalties and everything else. You know, uh, at DC, Marvel, wherever else, EC, all that stuff. And, and to blame mm-hmm. any creative person for the decisions of of uh, bean counters and CEOs is just, it's just not how we do things around here. But I didn't want to. Also, I don't want to be combative with it. you know. I don't want to put. I mean, Andy's a friend of the show. I don't want to be like Andy. What you know? And then this turns into like the the trial of Andy Bond, mean, right?
1: I <laughs> had to re-listen to it because I didn't. I didn't realize he wasn't very.
0: Yeah, could kind of stopped him really quick. You know, like I, I I maneuvered around that fairly well. And he's not. You know, I think after I kind of got into like how positive Stan was throughout the years, you could definitely tell Andy was like, yeah, that's true. You know, like so. Um, it's not him. It's just that there is this part where people want artists to be credited, and man, that's that's the whole point of image. That was that was. I, I got into that around the show. So uh, that being said, I had thought the Stan Lee thing would be up in the front. I didn't think we were gonna take like an hour <laughs> to get to talking about Stan Lee, you know. Uh, so yeah, a little bit of a. I gotta I gotta structure out the show a little bit better, but it was fun to hear you two. You two uh, get get real sweaty about Pokemon, so you know. <laughs> and wait till you see my facial reactions to you do just rambling. So Brandon knows he, they can't see the camera when when I'm recording here, unless I'm streaming. Uh, but Brandon, you should know if I don't talk for 20 minutes, people are getting a shell one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I I have no problems. Some people think that I I talk. Because I'm not letting you talk, or I'm trying to ramble over the show. What they don't understand is Brandon will just will have not much to say. Like you'll just, you don't have a lot to say, right, Brandon? See, that's what I'm talking about. See, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's that's the jokes Brandon makes. He writes that yeah. stuff.
1: I do.
0: It's a little joke book. But when you do get onto something like a Pokemon, I just sit back and. <laughs> I like how you talked about the game, but didn't mention any real game mechanics. Uh, the flow of the game, what it's <laughs> like to turn on, whether you had to update. N- nothing really concrete. Just something Just... about Pidgeys and, <laughs> and Fern. <laughs> it's a lot of... Go ahead, Brandon. <laughs> Explain yeah. yourself.
1: Because, you know, nobody gives a shit about it. Like, I'm not oh, like, no. Hey, oh, you know, Brandon, I... you
0: cursed. You cursed. You did it first.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'm okay. I... Well, shit's not a curse word. Oh,
0: that's two. You did two. That's not a curse word. Uh, I you know auto my my Samsung autocorrect <laughs> the Here's the thing. We talked about it.
1: We talked about when you uh, throw the pokeball out
0: there and how it's kind of
1: annoying and things like that. But uh-huh. the game doesn't have a lot of mechanics. It's up down and then you choose. You know, it's a JRPG. You just choose your attacks and and that's about it. There's not a lot of mechanics to this game. There's not a lot of intricate stuff. So it's it's a fairly simple game. It's more of a a visual, a visual, a visual game where you're just like, ah, it's a visual game.
0: <laughs> you see, folks, you see what I have to work with here. This is why. I... Point is, there's some games <laughs>
1: that you know when you're playing it, there's a lot of intricate buttons and moves and things you got to do to execute things. But with Pokemon, it's not. That's not it. You walk around, something will pop up on the screen. And it'll be like, uh, Trainer Brian wants to fight you, and you go, okay. And then you f- push A, B, or C attack, and then you go, "Hey, I won, of course, because it's an easy game." And then you, yeah, but walk you could talk about more. the sense
0: of the world, you know the flow of the game, how it compares. Yeah. We it's talked new... about it
1: not being very much open world and not starting, but after I there's did, not a, there's, not, no, no, there's no, not no. A lot, no, no, there's no, 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 no to this game.
0: One of us just had to listen to the show, so <laughs> people. So.
1: people... People who are listening, and if they still are listening at this point, are not like I really want to hear what Taters has to say about the mechanics. They just like when I go pretty colors, Pikachu, zap, zap, zap. Uh, Well, yeah. I'm a a soundboard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh So, you know, that's that's the thing. I do hear myself talking for long periods and I'm like I should really I got, I'm trying to find a balance for when I hand it to you, but you'll just say a bunch of nonsense. So I gotta, I gotta, yes. I gotta. That's <laughs> a. How many years have we do? 2012. It's a. It's a work in progress. <laughs> you, you guys should have. Some of you may have been there when I first brought Brandon onto the show, and he got so full of himself two episodes in, he actually put a poll out on the internet about doing his own podcast. How'd that go, Brandon? How's the how's the uh the not worth a sketch podcast going? I've got about uh two followers. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> One's sketchcraft and the other's the Rob Duaneus account. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. Only because uh, I have
1: access to those. That's it. I just I followed myself.
0: Well, one of the things I wanted to ask about the Stan Lee stuff, which I should have put in the note, I, I really should have See, here's another thing, folks. I, I it's been a while since I've had to make these elaborate documents in the Google Drive for the show notes. I've been making Brandon do it for the past year or so, and uh, so I'm a little out of practice. One of the things I wanted to put in there was to ask uh, Brandon, who, what would be your favorite Stanley co-creation? We'll say co-creation, right, so no one can get all mad. Like, if you had, who's your favorite Stanley co-creation? Oh,
1: it's got to be Daredevil
2: yeah without right a doubt
1: there. yeah I'm right there Daredevil with is my all time him and I mean obviously Batman's not a Stanley character, but Daredevil and Batman my two time- my two favorite characters of all time you know they're very, both dark troubled characters they work at night, you know, so I love Daredevil he's my all time mm-hmm. favorite I will eventually I know Rob's against tattoos, but I will get a very big Daredevil tattoo to cover over some of my old ones I got when I was eighteen i I love Daredevil. I, I've always liked the, the fact that he's like Spider-Man, he's always getting his personal life trampled upon, but he's still going out and kicking ass. So it's like, he's a lawyer, but he doesn't make a lot of money. So he's a broke lawyer, you know, girlfriend problems, you know, he, he falls for the wrong chick, falls for the bad girl, has to be Electra. Just
0: He's got an annoying, whole... semi-obese friend.
1: <laughs> yes. Hmm. Like... You're I am Daredevil, and you are fine. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Yes, Yeah. Also, for me, uh, just aside from you know, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, you don't get the Dark Knight Returns without Daredevil, and you don't get the Ninja Scrolls without Daredevil. You know, like that that book ended up creating, or you know, inadvertently creating. Two of the most influential, uh, you know, comic book things to not just myself to the entire comics community. You know, so like Daredevils and insanely influential. The, the legacy of that character, and I, I'm amazed at. Aside from the original costume being an atrocious nightmare, uh, thing to look at, I'm amazed at how the core of that story still holds intact. You know, like, when you really go back Mm -hmm. to the 30s Batman, it's not anywhere near what you have today. You know, it's not the same character by a long shot. Superman, nothing like the same. Uh, To some extent, I mean, a lot of the Marvel characters kind of really held the core Marvel characters, a lot of them have held up. You know? Mm -hmm. like, And the more they go back to those sort of core ideas, the stronger the, the source material becomes. I, I wonder what it would be like if, if you really made Wonder Woman exactly like how she appeared in the thirties or forties, I can't remember when. Uh probably not very good. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like it took a lot of iteration for those characters to find their center, but that's one of the things that uh, Stan and those those guys in the sixties were able to do, you know, between uh Bill Hack was it Bill Heck? Dan Heck, Bill Heck, I cannot remember the co-creator on Daredevil.
1: Oh the, uh, the co-creator on Daredevil was uh Bill Everett.
0: Everett. Everett. Right, sorry. Way off. I, I knew there was a Bill in there. So you, yeah, Bill Everett, uh, you know, Ditko, Kirby. Like just how how strong the uh the triangles, right? The emotional triangles of like Daredevil with his friends plus his you know, personal life plus a superhero thing. Like Stanley created right. this little like triangle loop uh with these characters between their personal life and the superhero life that I mean it just that's really the genius of, of that era and what it did to change and shape of comics and so I think the show the show seems to do that brilliantly. And I oh, really yeah. I really wish the Turtles could find it. I think it's the one thing the Turtles are missing. I mean how do you have I mean you don't really have a secret identity with the turtles, right? But you do get those <laughs> brothers versus their their father thing. And I right. feel like the first movie gets some of that you know, it gets some of that. It's very well
1: shabby. it does with the the well the brothers getting jealous of each other, wanting to be their own yeah. their own hero, but they gotta come together and realize that they they're not strong enough to do it on their own. And it's it's like the Daredevil, like the show and the characters in general, that all these you know, they struggle with oh, I think I can do this on my own, but you're not strong enough. You need your family, your friends, and and so forth. And they do a good job of doing that, like you said, with the Triangle, you know.
0: Yeah, I do think, though, if they ever did, like, a live action sort of Turtle series or, or anything with a little bit more depth, I think bringing someone on to really flesh out the the non-ninja stuff between the, 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 the brothers, like, yeah. what's it like for... Raph to go back into his room in the sewers. Like, what's what's his room like? You are like, what are... Yeah. the And not in a goofy, you know, the way the cartoon is now, where it's just kind of jokey. Every three seconds is a joke. Like, you need some real... I almost feel like Jane Goldman would write that pretty well. Uh, mm-hmm. You, know, you need something... She more, that
1: kick-ass, right?
0: Yeah, and she also did, like, the Home for Peregrine, the Tim Burton oh, yeah. x movie. yeah, I like and, that one. Yep. Yeah, and she's co-developing the Game of Thrones prequel right now. Oh, nice HBO. So, uh, but yeah, that's, but yeah, you get, and then you get the Dark Knight Returns, because Frank Miller, you know, did his run. Obviously, you get the Electra, Bullseye, Karen, all that great Daredevil stuff. But then you get the Dark Knight Returns out of that, and then Year One. All that stuff comes when when people think of the grim and gritty movement from the 90s. What they're really talking about is what Miller kind of helped start with Daredevil. Transferred over to the Dark I Returns, and then that was so influential. All the guys that were influenced by that went and made their versions of, you know, that that grim and gritty uh, thing. And then it, that grim and gritty turns into grim dark, and then turns into Zack Snyder Like it's just a, it's an evolutionary chart, folks. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, you know, you know, what, Brandon.
0: <laughs> and then we get the Lego Batman movie, you know. And then we get one of the future intros to the SketchGraph theme song, which I'm personally looking forward to. You know, I might play that at the end of the show for the little bonus people who hung out at the very end of the show. Stick around, folks. (laughs) You'll hear just a taste of what's to come. SketchGraph. So, yeah, Daredevil's amazing. And then we both agree with Stan and that's that's the best creation, I think. A lot of people would say Spider-Man, but I disagree. Um, i put that in a second. And then the X-Men. For me, I like that's been more than the Fantastic Four. Oh yeah, me too. Speaking of which, I wanted to quickly bring up. So, I was thinking about the villains because we talked about Kingpin and Thanos, a little bit of Loki in the MCU and, and the TV series, and I've been thinking about how shallow the MCU villains have been, but they've been getting more complex, right? Right, and that's because in a lot of superhero films, they've tend to put. The villains ahead of the heroes happens a lot, especially the Batman movies back in the 90s did that and kind of happened to Spider Man a bit, especially with right. Spider Man 3, right? The villains take over the movie. Uh, and so, Feige, having Kevin Feige, having produced like 13 Marvel movies before he started the MCU, they really wanted to put the heroes center and just made the villains like, you know, the thing to make the hero do the hero stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the course of the films, they've been getting more complex, and we know the characters so well, you know, they're spending more time with the villains. And I keep thinking, like, because they took that route, the best Marvel villains are the X-Men and Fantastic Four villains and the Spider-Man ones, right? So, like, mm-hmm. like I just think now they're at the perfect timing between that trajectory to, to create very complex, like, the best Marvel villains really, really are to come when they relaunch X-Men and Fantastic Four. Like, if they had had the X-Men and Fantastic Four around 2008 or nine, I don't think Magneto would have been as compelling a character in the MCU as right. he probably would not. Nah, look, future Rob could be listening to this right now going, you <laughs> dumbass, you know? she <laughs> fucking talking about these. Screwed it up, but I don't think so, you know? I I think these villains are going to get the right kind of uh, balance. I mean, what they did with Thanos compared to Ultron, I mean, it's night and day. Oh, yeah. You know, night and day. So, uh, But I don't know, it was just a thought I had I didn't get a chance to put into the show. Any thoughts on on the Marvel villains or anything on that, Brandon? Anything you want to add? Yeah, I
1: mean, I think with the the X-Men movies in general, they they missed the mark with a lot of the villains, too, where, you know, one of my favorite villains is um, Mr. Sinister. You know, he plays, for lack of a better words, God with the genetics of all these mutants and things like that. And you miss the chance to really branch out with that. And, you know, they stuck with some, you know, Sabertooth and Magneto and Toad, but they didn't do a great job. But, you know, Apocalypse, I, which is my favorite villain, my favorite all-time villain, and they, in my opinion, screwed that up, but... I just hope when you move that to the now Marvel movies, you know, and with the whole evolution and things, and, you know, they'll give it another try down the line. And I look forward to them using all those villains, whether it be Sentinels, you know, they did an awesome job with Juggernaut and Deadpool. So
0: They did an okay a, job with Juggernaut and Deadpool. I wouldn't say I it's liked, awesome. I liked them.
1: I liked them. But...
0: But beyond you know, using him, I mean giving those characters an actual like, arc or, or something. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. That's what I'm really talking about. Not just, hey, they put in a Apocalypse and he looks like him. Yay. Because – uh, do- Imagine Dr. Doom, you know. The, that is the most important one, I think.
1: Yeah. And just his – his because he can, he could fight any of them. He could fight – the Avengers, the X-Men, the Fantastic Four. He's like Elon Musk it.
0: and Vladimir Putin hooked up, right? Like, <laughs> 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 He's a
1: genius dictator. So.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, there'll be, and then you'll have that conflict. Like that's what I think. Okay. So let me slow down here with, Th- with Thanos or Thanos, depending on how you say it, people liked him and I liked him a lot because he, it made it hard to not like him because he made valid points. Like he was a very conflicted villain, but you're like, man, he makes a lot of points, you know, and you're like, oh shit. And I think with Dr. Doom, same thing goes. If he's introduced into the world and he's like, you know, you could have free energy, you know, Tony Stark tried to do it, but he didn't really give it to you. I can give it to you. Come to my country, you know, things like that. You're going to be like, man, this guy is, this guy is actually a good guy. And then, you know, obviously he's a bad guy, but I think they'll do a good job of moving forward, doing things like that, like Thanos, where you're, conflicted on how much you hate these villains and you invest yourself into the villain as much as you do the hero.
0: And I'm hoping they give him a little bit more of a global platform before they make him a villain proper in the way that, you know, they introduced uh, black Panther and C- civil war, right? Mm-hmm. You get a sense of the, the region and, and, you know, his, his involvement in global politics before it turns into a giant superhero movie. So <clears throat> it'll be interested to see all that. Um, But I just think, like, they've gone through the shallow villain phase, and they're getting more complex right at the time where they're going to get a hold of some of the best villains. Right. I mean, I think one of the reasons why a lot of the villains have come off shallow in the MCU is because there's just not a lot of great villains in the Captain America roster. There's Red Skull.
1: Uh, Baron Zemo, which they used.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, a lot of people don't like that he didn't look like Baron Zemo, but... I think, the, look, the more I rewatch Civil War, the more I'm like, great great use of that villain. Oh, yeah. You know, and so, uh, but there's just not a lot of, like, key, you go, ooh, crossbones, those are fun visuals, but come on, El Diablo, most you want to go with, his, yeah, most, really? Most <laughs> of
1: his villains are German Nazi stereotype type villains, mm-hmm. you know, the Red Skull, Baron Zemo, uh, I'm trying to think of the other, the, uh, U.S. barren blo- Baron Blood, serp- the Serpent Society. Uh, what was that weird one? Ba- ba- Batroc, the fl- Yeah. The so they
0: found ways to make to put them in, but not make it. You know, they didn't try to. They didn't try to force a character arc into a shallow villain. You know. Yeah. Um, however, as they relaunched Spider-Man, you get a much better Vulture than, you know, just an old guy in a lab. <laughs> yeah. You know, like they—they're getting more com- and they're and they're more complex than, uh, your your Ultron or whatever the hell was. What was the elves? What were the elves the Thor too? Oh. Ooh, the elves. I
1: know the villain's name was Malachi. Yeah, whatever. I, know, I remember the the Forsaken or the Damned or something. Mm. I don't know.
0: Hmm. Yeah, can't tell you. See. <laughs> and I worked on those shirts, and I can't tell you. <laughs> Uh Thor shirts man That's not a lot of fun. We're stuck on the Thor. I mean now with Ragnarok that must have been fun but <clears throat> I'm letting you know like it wasn't fun working on Thor shirts like <laughs> just staring at Helmsworth's pretty face all day You're like this fucker. So uh yep. well, anything else did I forget anything? We 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 got everything. Oh um what else are we going to have going on around here? So, going to be some slight alterations. So, I'm going to start scheduling the shows to see if that will bring up a live stream on the main channel. So, I'm having a real hard time getting the word out that I'm live streaming. And mm-hmm. I think YouTube's forcing us to use the scheduling option. I can't just turn it on now. So, and have everyone know I'm streaming. I think I have to schedule the stream. So, I'm going to give that a shot uh, this week. And they do this color pencil stuff. And then. uh, I'm thinking about. So here's the thing Brandon. You have been putting the 60 second podcasts. Into uh, an archive. Playlist. 60 second podcast Playlist. All in order. And here's the funny thing. So when I record these for Instagram. And Instagram has a 60 second uh, limit to video. Hence. Uh 60 second podcast. is kind of, that was it. Um, and people on there are constantly like, can you make a playlist? Like even Hector, like last week, was like, can you make a playlist of these? And so I'm like, they're right there on the YouTube channel. So then they go on the YouTube channel and they're like, these are too short. I'm like, you literally like Hector did that. I'm like, Hector, you literally just asked me (laughs) to put these in a playlist. And then you come over here and tell me they're too short. Like, Like, you know how some people, you ever see those memes where it's like them on Twitter and they're like Rambo and then them on Instagram, they're like Bob Ross.
2: Mm -hmm. That's what
0: legitimately, like the same people from Instagram are Bob Ross and then they come over here and they just turn into like Louis Black, you know, like, like, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) The shows are too short, you know. (laughs) And he's like, well, don't get mad. I'm like, I'm not. Mad like I'm not, I'm not mad, Hector. <laughs> I'm mad. I want
1: I want more blankets and less blankets. I'm hot and
0: I'm cold. I want all and none, and I know they're short for YouTube. I get it. Believe me, the video, the they've got like twenty views per video. I know that. It's just I need a place for these to be stored because. Instagram I don't know if you've noticed Instagram's not a, not it's not a real good repository for cataloging information. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have 2000 posts in my feed alone, you know, like yeah. So, um we're going to try a couple things. So, one, maybe I'll stop having Brandon archive the 60-second podcast. Maybe. I don't know yet. Possibly. What I'm going to do is when I make a 60-second podcast for Instagram, then I'll go and just make like a five-minute version. Uh, I'll just record a five-minute version of whatever it is I'm doing for here for YouTube um, and see how that goes instead. And then, you know, if there's no point uploading the 60-second podcast, YouTube was the point, you know? So, uh-huh. And then people, when they ask me if there's a playlist... I'm going to point them. Maybe Then what we should do is we should make a small video in the playlist explaining how it's Hector's fault. <laughs> how you all want it. <laughs> it needs to be archived. But Hector ruined it for everybody. That's you know? <laughs> what so, so you get when you suggest shit around right I take something else. See, equivalent exchange, Brandon. That's, yes. we're, we're all about that around right here. Equivalent exchange. Uh, so there's that. Um, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. And then I'm going to. So I think the mega show will work better. First, I was thinking every other week. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, man, I, I just don't want to talk for with you for three hours every other week. Unless, unless, you I'm, do. Ye- unless I'm yelling at you or there, yeah, there you go. Calling you when you're working. I, that I yes. enjoy. I, but I bug <laughs> Brandon while he's working. Rob, I, yeah, Rob will
1: call me and say. What are you doing? And it's, it's it's one o'clock on a Monday. I'm like, and there's hammering you know, in the background. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, like I'm, at, I'm at work. And he goes, oh, are you busy? I'm like, well, I'm 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 working. Oh, so anyway, and then he'll just go on a story. I just be like, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I just know, don't so
0: care. I'm like, <laughs> All right, cool. Let me just. Uh, and, and and it's not like I'm doing that on purpose. I legitimately forget every time every mm-hmm. time like every i just delete mm-hmm. that out i'll delete that out of my memory 20 minutes from now when we're done recording the Brandon. <laughs> I, I i have the ability this is this is i found this um is sadly it's uh, people who suffer extreme trauma when they're children can delete <laughs> like portions of you can delete memories you can delete experiences it's a it's a survivors uh problem and i experienced some weird shit when i was a kid so I can just—I uh, don't really feel like remembering that, so I don't. <laughs> uh, it's sad, folks. It's, we just took the show down. That's why I got the frowny face right there. Uh, <clears throat> it also works to works to a negative effect when I just don't feel like remembering things my wife tells me.
1: <laughs> or the or my favorite is when you'll tell me a story. And then tell me the story again two days later. And then I have to act like I have yet to hear the story, even though I know how it's going to (laughs) end.
0: Well, here's the (laughs) thing about that, though. So, re listening to Kevin Smith's uh, eulogy for Stan Lee with Mark Bernard on the latest Fat Man Beyond, you know, one thing he, he described Stan having, Stan was a great salesman, salesperson. And he would repeat himself a lot. But when you're a salesperson, you repeat yourself a lot because you always, you know, you don't know if someone's heard it the first time. But it's just, it's just a tactic, and Kevin's done that himself. And I've considered like, do I just not repeat myself? But I think I think I want to repeat myself more. And and if it annoys Brandon, I think that works for everyone's. (laughs) I won't
1: let. I won't let. I won't let on anymore what annoys me. I just go with it now. I can tell. Hence, hence, Hence that I am now. Mega potato and no longer lead heavy. For those of you that did not know, I was lead heavy for many, many years. Um, no one knows a that
0: Brandon.
1: No, because nobody would call me lead heavy. People would meet me at at uh, art things and be like, "Oh, you're the other guy on the podcast, right? The the funny guy. You're the other guy. The guy that uh, Rob's always picking on."
0: And I'm like, "You ever yep. seen Blank Man? Yep. The movie Blank Man. David Allen Grier mm-hmm. played the other guy." Which was the sidekick to Blank Man. Yeah, it's Blank yes. Man and other guy. <laughs> yes. so. David Alan Greer. <clears throat> That's a guy who needs way more credit. He he makes Blank Man. The fucking movie. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: So you're saying that I make SketchCrap what it
0: is? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, That wasn't an analogy. That was just praise oh, for David oh, Alan Greer. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's not always about you, Taters. And Sometimes. So tell Sometimes people again how, how you had to change your name to Tater. Um, and so
1: you just started calling me Mega Potato because my head is round and I'm shaped like a potato, a sexy potato, that is. Hmm. And everybody kept going along with and They're saying, hey, Taters. Hey, Mega. Hey, Mega Potato. To the point where I said, you know, why fight it? Because if people are just going to remember me as Mega Potato, then what's a name? You know, what what was Nike when it was? called What is you a know? man? <laughs> what what's a, well? What's a name really? Until someone turns into something Gatorade. You know, it was just a sports drink, and then it became Gatorade. Nike was just Nike. It doesn't mean anything. It's just how you. It's
0: a real you, uh, Freudian way of showing your ego. You're just liking yourself to Nike and Gatorade. <laughs>
1: I, I am great. I am greatness.
0: The Sketchcraft Mega Ego Show.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I was thinking too, like I called the Mega Show only because, um, I don't know why. Like it's weird. It's I was thinking, like, why did I call it the? Mega? I'm doing the Making Mega Visions podcast. Why would I call it Mega Show? I just think it was like the roll of the tongue. Like it was easier to say Mega Show than Ultra Show. Or I was thinking <laughs> Super Mario Super Show, but I didn't want to rip off Super Show, so my mind went to Mega. But it's probably because I've been working on Mega Visions, or you're called Mega Potato. That's that's why I did it. I was like, we'll make it the Mega Show because it's your show, Brandon. See, see,
2: yeah. I Forgot everybody? I see. I
0: delete those. I delete that too. So. <laughs> No, I don't think it's any coincidence that it's because it involved you. <laughs> it's like delete. <laughs> <laughs> so Mega Potato Mega Show. Sketchcraft Mega that's how I got your name in there without saying Mega Potatoes. So it's Sketchcraft Mega Show. Sketchcraft me. first and then Mega in the background. Yeah, I I know I see how I repeated myself seventeen times, so everyone knew. They know now. They know. Um, where were we going with all that? Uh, oh, yeah. So, podcast. Uh, the, the, so, what I wanted to do was, in between these mega shows, was possibly fill in one of those nights with, like,
2: uh,
0: I, I guess I'm calling it drink and draw. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet, but <laughs> where I can stream and then people can jump in and say, hey, I want help working this out and we can talk about random. I think maybe random art tips. I don't know. I don't know what to call that yet. We've got to think about it. But, um,. I was thinking about doing the five minute thing. It's random art tips, but,
1: but can... ready, set, random.
0: No, you know, Brandon, don't 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 name things. You're not good at this. Not worth the sketch. So, um, I hate Brandon podcast. That that I might like, but you know, they're gonna come on there. and We're not gonna be talking about you much, so they're not gonna get the joke. It's the problem with inside jokes. Uh yeah. So. Something like that where I can just sketch and then people can join in and say, hey, I'd like some help with this or that. And we can kind of go over some looser art tips. So i got to figure out how to work that out. Um, But at the end of the day, folks, I don't really enjoy teaching people how to (laughs) draw. I became uh, reminded of that this week. I got two fans on separate, separate situation, but two separate fans hit me up to ask for help with their art. And I, I, I sent them each private, you know, little videos, because when I type this stuff, if I type in, I'm not really, I don't enjoy teaching people. Here's how they hear, it, Brandon. Right? They hear, I don't enjoy teaching you, fucker. You know, like that's what they hear. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're like, you need to change, man. I believed in you. I always bought your
2: stuff. Like,
0: okay. Oh. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm going to rip out your skull and shit down your neck. You know, like that kind of shit. Like, that's what they hear that. They don't hear the, I'm not, I don't really enjoy teaching people. And I'm afraid that when I give advice, it it sounds uh, like condescending. Yeah. <laughs> I just have that natural ability to sound like I'm talking down to people. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's uh, it's a talent. So... I find it personally endearing, but I'm the only one who does apparently. <laughs> my my wife goes, "Uh huh, yeah, uh huh, yeah," and 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 I don't get laid for a month. That's how that works. So so I don't I don't enjoy making these long art tutorials. Like here's how you can get uh, make a scatter brush in Photoshop. I don't fucking care. You know, like if you make a scatterbrush, just type in make a scatterbrush, and if you want to know some stuff, everyone's got it covered. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, Trent Kanuga, he's got Trent Kanuga from Creed, not the not the band. <laughs> Before the band, there was a comic book. He was a 14 year old dude. He drew a combo called Creed, which was really awesome to look at. I still don't know what the fuck was going on in the comic, um, but he also got to do a Turtles crossover, which was awesome to look at as well. And you worked on Blizzard. He's got a great channel. He gives out tons, tons of awesome tips. I just... I feel like this is a place to answer things if people have questions. Best I can. You know? And then set you on a way. Like, I'm just going to steer you toward the direction. You know? <laughs> I don't really feel like helping you get there. Like, and there's... There's a couple reasons for that. One, I'm not there. <laughs> and i got to help me before I help you, folks. Like... <laughs> I'm... It's how it is around here. I don't have this figured out. I take too long. I don't. You. I use Photoshop. I don't use Clip Studio Paint. I don't do anything you want to do, you know, folks. Whatever you, especially you young artists, they don't even want to use Clip Studio Paint now. They want to use Procreate, Mm -hmm. you know. And I'm like, I own all these programs. I own. I have an iPad Pro, and every time I draw on Procreate on the iPad Pro, I get a colossal fucking hand cramp. You know, like I, like I, uh, I'm gonna curse on that one because that 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 really hurts. I, I got every, I've tried every form of extra grip to put on the Apple Pencil to not make that. Happen. I just don't enjoy drawing on the iPad. I yeah. enjoy writing notes. I have this thing called Quick Notes, right? And I like to write all my ideas down and and work out what I'm gonna do during the day. I like to write it out. So that's what I love my. I use that iPad for that. But it's okay
1: to cuss at this point. I don't think anyone's made
0: it this far. I gotta, I just, you know, you know, ran you know, the kids right now, They, you know they're listening. <laughs> the
2: four <laughs> hour mark.
0: Uh, but, so, so I don't, what what more art, think about it, Brandon, how many more art tips can I make, right? Here's how you can yeah. improve. Like, I can't, I want to spend that time making, like, making comics people can go read. And then maybe uh-huh. after a few years, I'll come back and say, "Here, here's how I made all this stuff," and I'll definitely stream it. But in terms of me sitting around telling you how you can become a better artist, I, I mean, I, Brandon, I can't help you become a better artist. Who more do I talk and help than you? <laughs> uh, that's true. Your artwork—I mean, it's gotten somewhat better, but you know, it's a lot of heavy lifting on my part. Like, yeah. I, you know, it requires too much effort for me. I-, I don't, I don't think it's worth it. So uh, but I do recognize the ability to pay it forward. so I'm trying to find small little informal ways to do that, folks, and I get that it's not gonna grow the channel. I get that, but nothing grows the channel. so <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing I do can grow this channel. So I figure with most things in my life, the minute I stop trying, that's kind of like when it works out, you know like so uh I think these are the better you have any suggestions for the channel, Brandon? you have anything you want to add in? More, more, more mega potato. More mega... That was the last <laughs> thing. I, I knew you were going to say that, because I say this for the last. We're going to do tater thoughts. That's the thing we're going to do. Where I'm just going to sit back and make Brandon explain himself. Because okay. far too often, Brandon likes to say, that's not... I thought about this at this time, and this was my opinion at that place. And I know that's not true. So... I need to start cataloging what brand I need to, I need to, it's not going to help. I just want to know I'm right. Like, (laughs) it's not going (laughs) to go ahead. No, I
1: just, I just wanted to see where you're going with
0: it. It's not going to stop you from doing that or no, not at all. No, it's not. You're not going to learn anything from it, but I'll be able to just, I'll know that I'm right with proof. So, you know, there you go. We're going to do some tater thoughts. Uh, that'll be fun. And I got some music for that, too. That's going to be the best. So, hmm. Can't wait. Yeah. Anything else, Brandon? You like Mm how the after show is almost as long as the entire mega show? You know it. (laughs) So, you guys are getting more show for less effort. You like that? Putting less effort, making more show. Bang for the buck. It's actually not true. Now that I have to edit this fucking nonsense together... Oh look, I cursed. it. See, this is what happened. So apparently, I start cursing around the one-hour mark exclusively. Yeah,
1: once, <laughs> once once the hour hits, once it's like uh, 45 minutes to an hour, then you just like lose
0: all. Hmm. I gotta watch, but I gotta see. I gotta I gotta watch my bearing. I'm gonna work on that. I'm gonna work on it. Yeah, good luck with that. Hmm? I can do it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can do anything.
0: I've seen reading rainbow, Brandon. I can do so, it.
1: Then I'll just piss you off, and you'll cuss. That's
4: that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, so go ahead. Ah, you know me so can... well.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, I didn't know you cared, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I care about pissing you off. That is true. Ah. All right, all right. So with that, folks, I'm gonna put on a little, 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 little extra, extra dark theme show for you. A little little mega show opener. You can get a sense of what's coming up here. And we'll see you really soon on the next Sketchcraft
2: mega show. Say goodbye, taters. Please subscribe hit that bell. Ding, 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 ding. Bye-bye.
4: Three, two, one. (sighs) Ah. It's gonna get mega. It's gonna get mega, mega show time. Sketchcraft mega show. I don't know what I'm saying because <laughs> I don't write this stuff down. It explains why I've had 14,000
0: people subscribing to this channel for like I don't know, 10 years now. It it hasn't helped. <laughs> I
4: should probably take it more serious. Do tutorials.
0: Teach you how to be
4: a comic book artist. But I don't know how to be a comic book artist. (laughs) I don't even know how to pick stuff out to talk about. I leave that up to Brandon. The Tater Wonder.
1: Brandon, go! Hey, all my Tater Tots. As you Mm. can hear, Rob is in a wonderful, psychotic mood. And uh, I'm sure I will bring something to piss him off. If all (laughs) all else fails, I'll at least... uh, I'll sound pretty on the podcast, but uh, yeah, pretty stupid. He is fired up. i yeah, fired up. I'm Chris Cut.
4: I'm loaded with caffeine and regret. <laughs> regret that I probably should have took this more seriously back in 2006. Could have been a big YouTuber. <laughs> I could have made YouTube videos with jump
1: cuts. We don't do that here. Nah, we're too lazy.
4: We don't even interview people. (laughs) I don't even
1: do the thumbnails right. We don't even put
4: up the schedule.
0: You never know when we're going to
4: stream. The Sketchcraft Mega Show starts now.
0: Sorry. Yay. Sorry, folks. Here we go.